Just those two nude one-legged dudes. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began. And Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figure. The Empire Strikes Back turn of the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Cast. Newest news on oldest toys. From bubble bath to belt buckles. 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. Watch out, watch out. We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive. With informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. No, no, no. An Oxidizu with Sensor The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. With your hosts, Sky Payne, Steven Bubago, 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 and Stephen B. Denley. I've got you now, Ben Kenobi. Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Packet, new from Kenner. Kenner Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. Wampa Wampa. Welcome to the Kivecast for October 2011. Yeah, that's right, Space Freaks. It's our 21st episode. That's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I always consider like you know twelve and twenty one to be kind of sacred because they were you know release dates for the figures or twenty one backs or yeah they are kind of holy numbers. <laughs> yeah, they are kind of holy numbers. So it's our it's kind of like our our FET episode, uh, <laughs> but it's not yeah. really. Of course, it's actually really. FET's quarry. Steve, who was FET's right. quarry? Han Solo or Han Solo? I don't know. What do you what do you prefer? I like calling him Hans Solo. Hans Hans. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yep, I can see that. <laughs> That's uh, whenever we get to the Han uh, trench coat. Well, that'll be our nugget. The, uh, the Han Solo coin, the oh, mistake yeah. coin. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, one reason that that I I like Han, yeah, I'm a I'm a Jewy collector, so I kind of hate Han just in in, in general, just because yeah. you know inherently, I mean, inherently, you kind of do, yeah. Inherently, but I am uh, I'm not oh. technically disabled, but um, I do have a comically large head. <laughs> <laughs> and so because of that, I've uh, I've really enjoyed the fact that there is a big head Han and a small head Han. Yeah, they really got conscious about that. <laughs> yeah, and, the, you know, they, they had to make sure the head was big enough. Um, although I always – do you always forget which one came first, Steve? I typically do forget, and uh, <laughs> I refreshed myself just in case that question did come up. But, yeah. So, so which came first, Steve? Uh, the tiny head. That's right. They, they yeah. saw it, and they thought it looked too much like uh, – Victim Owen from uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. Could be, yeah. See, to me, that one always kind of looked like all the other Han figures until his head got kind of fat for the last last couple. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Well, I, I like the small one best, I think. But well, you know, that's just because you don't have uh, – you're not a, a cranially enlarged American like myself. <laughs> no, 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 I guess not. <laughs> and speaking of uh, Harrison Ford's cranium, that's going to go right into our movie observation. Uh-oh. Um, again, you know, we've been watching the Blu-rays a lot lately. <laughs> and uh, two separate uh, comments from my family. Okay. The first one, and these were different watchings, and that's why I bring them together. The first one, uh, you know, my son, he's he's he picks everything up, and so we're watching Endor, and you know, I'm I'm saying, look, look, three uh, PO's not wearing uh, camouflage, and he's laughing at that, and then he goes, <laughs> how come Han doesn't have a helmet? Ooh. And I realized it's true. Han doesn't have a helmet. <laughs> I was trying to think why that is. And then the next time, my wife comes into the room, and she goes, man, his hair is awesome in this movie. 
Yep. See, I knew that's where that was going. <laughs> so Harrison, I, Harrison just couldn't let the hair be covered up. I don't think. <laughs> no, I mean when when you have that strong of a hairline, um, you know, I guess you just have to. Maybe it's written into his contract. Could I, be. I, Could I, I don't be. know, but that that's so, my observation, and that, yeah. that's for the ladies. That yeah, I think Han, maybe maybe as his Indiana Jones days, he was tired of wearing headgear, so he wanted to just let it let it be. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So, <laughs> so Han has great hair. That's my observation. And not only that, but they had to make sure not to cover it up. Right. And that's why it's just a trench coat. That's as much as they could get Han into the indoor spirit. <laughs> oh, man. So that's my uh, movie observation. I think we have a fair amount of news. I almost even have a theme for this episode, Steve. So uh, Yes, yes. It's a it's an under underlying theme that's been going on lately it seems yeah so let's uh, let's hit the uh, ever shortening news drop steve okay watch out it's kenner's news it's kenner's news all right steve so like like i teased there's kind of a theme to this episode <laughs> that, that goes beyond han yes and that is the theme of exclusion versus inclusion why why am i talking about this steve well, it seems like over the last couple of weeks or so, uh, it's been kind of a, an explosion of conversation about the the whole uh, inner circle conspiracy and all that kind of business, which is funny because I hadn't really seen many of these conversations come up because I kind of came around when they weren't happening as much. And, right. Uh, <laughs> so now it seems like I think Tommy he posted some old threads or going years, years back. I'm like, well, this is a... It's a recurring theme, so... Yeah, I mean, if, if you're listening to this in the future, so if you're not listening to this in October 2011, uh, it's worth following the link that, that we provide here uh, to this thread. Um, particularly, you have to go and look at Tommy's stuff. And at some point, I want to have Tommy come on the show and give a full history of the inner circle and oh, its that would lore. Be, that would be awesome. But, but the basic theme is that there exists some secret inner sanctum Sanctum Sanctorum or whatever, of vintage collectors who give each other preferential treatment and allow each other to scam everyone else. Right. And uh, I, I don't know, Stephen, I think if there were an inner circle, I'd like to think, you know, at least one of us m- might be in it. Um, <laughs> so so I don't know if I should feel like I'm at, maybe I should get in on the whole uh, – on the whole conspiracy theory, uh, you got seniority, so I think I think <laughs> you but, could infiltrate. <laughs> but but the the real key is is that uh, what I think's been explored, and what I'm going to get into when I talk about the New York City Comic Con, mm-hmm. is that there really is no inner circle. It's just there's friendships, and, right, and that's what right. I want to talk about. Is um, I remember C three very specifically mm-hmm. because. You know, I saw all these vintage collectors. You know, I read all their articles. You know, I saw Ron Salvatore for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> and and like, I mean, he was walking around with this guy who I didn't know, who I finally met, but who I talked to for the first time, by the way, two days ago. So oh, it's yeah? pretty funny. I finally talked to Ed Albano. I'd seen <laughs> oh, him. Okay. I'd yeah. seen him for six years, but I'd never talked to him. Right. Um. And you know, I just saw him. And I'm like, oh man, that those guys don't want to talk to me. They think I'm a jerk. And and I started to get kind of <laughs> jealous, and I started to think like, why are these? You know, I remember seeing Chris Jorgulius and. They go, hey, look, there's Chris Gargulion. Because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know how to pronounce his name back then. Um, and I remember, you know, he was nice to me. But I remember thinking, like, how am I ever going to be friends with these people? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's just time and and being nice. And uh, so I think I think we're going to get into that more when I get into the the famous dinner. 
Okay. Uh, the dinner discussion because uh, um, that's that's really where I think the real inner circle was formed. And as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> there's the Wampa Circle. And if you are in the sound of our voice, Steve, I think they're members, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> like you like our sense of humor or – you like hearing us talk, whatever, you know, <laughs> what, next, next celebration, whether you're, you know, someone really known or someone just hanging out, you know, let's just hang out. So, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that, uh, I- any more comments before we move on, Steve, about this oh, idea? I, in, how how I, included do you feel in the hobby? I mean, I'd say ever since I went to a, a couple of the celebrations, it's really, it's become a totally new thing for me. I mean, I, when I first went to a celebration, I knew nobody at all. I just went, <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was just kind of strange. And slowly but surely, I would get introduced to more people. And and you know, by the last one, I, I feel like I've I've made a lot of great friends that I you know I just never expected to make getting into collecting Star Wars again. I just didn't expect it. So it's totally true. As long as you're, you know, and I'm not the most outgoing talkative guy but uh well you know, uh, you know, you're a little bit less silent you're a little bit more dangerous le- a little days. a little less silent yeah <laughs> but you know it's it's totally just about you know being approachable and approaching people yeah you know, so. it's, it's funny because i've been going through some pretty pretty rough uh, personal times lately yeah and uh i was kind of in a bad mood and actually i was eating lunch with chris Jorgulius, and he's like wow you're really silent but skyly because i was kind of uh, <laughs> I was kind of quiet, but I, I remember I was talking and I was saying that, you know, I have a lot of friends from high school and I have a couple friends from college, but really the adult friends that I've made, they've all been through the hobby. Um, yeah. Because yeah. making adults, making friends as an adult, it's just terrible. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, There's once, something about it that's just... <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I know, if, you know, when you turn 18 in 11 years, you, you'll you'll experience this, but it, yes. it's just yeah. really hard to maintain those friendships. And, no, that's, uh, it's true. Um, I mean, it's, I'm just like you, as far as, you know, the close friends that I had from high school and a couple from college, I think most of my friends, the people I consider my friends are all Star Wars collectors, which is, yeah. it's just funny to think about, yeah. but, uh, it's totally true. So, so anyways, that, uh, that's just sort of the long way of saying that, uh, we spoke last month about the New York City Comic Con. Yes. And I was hemming and hawing, was I going to go eight hour drive, this and that. And finally, I just decided, you know, I needed to see my friends. So, so I made it there. I drove to Ron Salvatore's house. We'll talk a little bit about what I saw there later. Awesome. Um, but uh, I went to the to the Comic Con, and I'd never been to a comic convention before. Um, I kind of got, <clears throat> excuse me. Ooh, I hope I edit that out, Steve. Uh, <laughs> I probably didn't though. Um, although this should be said, we're recording this what the twentieth. Yeah, twentieth. I've, I've got a good eleven days to edit this. Puppy <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, man, when you when you emailed me, like, damn, he's like, he's he's on the ball. He's gonna give himself some time. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, if you hear this before November second, it's a miracle. <laughs> um, so I decided to make it down there. You know, we took I uh, I stayed with Ron, and we took the train in. This you know beautiful train ride by the Hudson, uh, and again, not having to pay four hundred dollars a month uh, a day for uh, for a hotel was pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely. And I went in there, and I kind of got the comic bug. You know, I, it turns out <laughs> I, I bought like ten comic books. Not there, Uh-oh. but since I got back. Uh oh! See, it's uh, yeah. late, and you're starting to get into it now. Oh boy! Yeah, I, I think it'll <laughs> it'll go away by the next Kivecast. 
<laughs> um, but I wanted to give a little report on what vintage was there. Are, are yeah. You, are you yeah, curious, I'm, Steve? Absolutely. I was jealous that I, I didn't live in New York. <laughs> ha, how does that feel, Steve, huh? <laughs> Mr. I'm going to have my California Collector Club meetings, huh? <laughs> uh. No, I'm obviously kidding. I'm, I'm happy that that's working. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was it was quite a vintage meeting. And it was funny because uh, very few people there knew anything about comics, you know? Really? They were mm. like, what's an image comic? I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there were – I think the best way to think of it is there were three dealers uh, okay. who, who dealt vintage. Uh, the first one of note is uh, Hollywood Heroes. Right. Of course, Jordan Hembro. And it was this kind of funny thing where we all know that Brian Stillman, the uh, the director of the Plastic Galaxy movie, is making a movie. Right. And he had said that he was going to be filming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matthias and I were kind of walking around. That's right, Matthias from Sweden. And and we go to Jordan's booth, and we see, like, this, like, totally professional camera. We see, like, these, these showrunners. And this, this dude has, like, a boom mic. And, and we're talking to Jordan about stuff. And there's a boom mic recording us, and there's this camera. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I knew Brian had some hookups with documentary, but this is ridiculous. Oh, and, sweet. And Matthias <laughs> is all like, oh, hey, Brian, how's it going to the, to, to the cameraman? And the cameraman just thought he was just some weird Swede. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, it turns out, actually, that uh, Jordan is having a, a travel channel documentary, like reality series about him. Wow. Yeah, we had to sign releases and everything. Oh, wow. Um, but we didn't figure it out until we actually met uh, Brian later that that wasn't him. <laughs> it wasn't him. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, he said, you know, oh, I'm going to be filming. So I right, thought, oh, right. that, that must be him. Um, but it was sweet, Steve. I actually got a deal. Um, I got the uh, the Gentle Giant massive vintage uh, Chewbacca figure. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, he actually he, he cut me a pretty good deal on it. Uh, I wasn't planning on buying it. I wound up walking around with it for most of the con, like a <laughs> schmuck. But those things are awesome, folks. I, I know they're seventy-five bucks, and you could spend that, you know, on four or five B-wing pilots, but um, <laughs> proofs. But it is just so sweet, um, just to see the sculpt itself. You know, I mean, yeah. just so, yeah. to see all the detail, and it's like looking at a, at a fine scan. Yeah. Um, but cool. yeah, that was uh, that was that was pretty sweet. And then uh, most of the stuff he had wasn't Star Warsy though; it was mostly comic book stuff. And okay, um, and then we went to uh, over to the Toy Cave, which is uh, Andy and Alyssa Loney, their their right. brother and sister, sort of wonder twins of uh, vintage collecting. And I, I didn't really know them that well before this trip, but uh, as you'll hear, I wound up knowing them a lot better by the end. Oh, good. Well, it was, it was this thing where uh, this famous dinner that we went to, uh, where the bill was seven hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I did see the picture of that bill. I'm like, whoa! Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But Brian and Mike Ritter hooked up the uh, the, the dinner, but uh, the food came so late that I missed the train, and so I wound up having to sleep on Andy and Alyssa's floor. Uh, it was also <laughs> James Gallo's room, and we'll get to that. So I wound up sort of sleeping on the floor using a towel as a as a comforter. <laughs> But again, man, that's the inner circle. It's it's not you know secret prototypes. It's just hey, we're friendly, so let me do you a favor. And instead of having to take the train back before you get your uh, eighteen dollar muscles, why don't you just you know sleep you know crash on the floor? Yeah. So yeah, that was just uh, that that was that was really fun. 
Um, and then I lost my phone, Steve. Oh, my God. I tell you, a lot of stuff <laughs> happened. Over the weekend, I wound up getting this, uh, this nickname of the, the Nutty Professor. I could I could see it. <laughs> I kept on forgetting stuff. Like I left, you know, we got the train station where Ron lives and I forgot my bag. I forgot my pass. I forgot this. And then I forgot my phone in the taxi, Steve. Oh, no. <laughs> How am I ever going to get a phone back? I just said, forget it. It's gone. They wound up calling Alyssa. Alyssa wound up like running out and getting it for me and paying the guy 20 bucks and Oh man. I'm telling you, that's the inner circle, folks. <laughs> you know, a- any listeners of this Kivecast, you know, if you leave your phone in an in Orlando taxi, I'll run out and get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You you're not so excluded. <laughs> So, so all of that is a way to say that uh, you should all go to the toy cave, um, and uh, it, it's a really they have a nice booth because they have a lot of different vintage stuff from different lines, a lot of Star Wars stuff. They were yeah. really the only people that had a considerable amount of vintage carded up there. Yeah, I um, feel like at every convention I end up buying something from from Andy's booth. Uh, it's like I remember the very first thing I bought from him was like a, a box scout walker or something years ago. Oh, it cool. seems every every year I'll find something something from them. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you know my my kids are really into Tron, so I got them. Oh, a, are they? A, okay. A vintage Sark. <laughs> Wait, which um, one's Sark? <laughs> uh, he was the big bad guy in the first okay. movie. Okay. Um, and then, Steve, I'm sending you an email right now. Uh-oh. Because someone got a present. <laughs> That's right, Steve. I got you something from the toy cave. Uh, oh, my Even goodness. for conventions you don't go to, you get something from the toy cave. So why don't uh, you tell me when you, op- awesome. when you open it up? There what? it is. All right. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So as everyone is knows. A, is that a bearded Leia? Uh, as everybody knows, uh, Steve collects figures that have seen better days. He collects oh beat-up, absolutely destroyed figures. And uh, uh, Andy has this great $1 bin. And uh, I went looking through it. And I'm going to describe this because this is, you know, theater of the mind stuff. But we'll yes, also include yes. a picture on the, uh, on the Facebook and on the, on the blog posting. But uh, it's, it's a Princess Leia um, Bespin. And uh, let's see. How how would I best describe it? Okay, so the head is super glued onto the neck, um, which makes the neck discolored. There's no color in the hair. She's got a neck beard. Yeah, she has a neck beard. The hair is just completely this sickly yellow. Um, It has some kind of burn scorching along the legs, Mm -hmm. and then it only has one foot. Yeah, she's had an amputation. Oh. She's had an amputation. She didn't get the memo that you're only supposed to get your arms cut off in Star Wars. So, so Steve, uh, that is also the inner circle, that you have people oh, man. out there looking for absolute terrible, terrible <laughs> figures to give you. See, at least I know Andy's not going to make you pay six fifty for it. Like <laughs> That's right. Like that one place where I always seem to find the best of these. Oh, thanks, man. That's that's awesome. Thank yeah, you. no, no, yeah. I only paid six. No, he only he only charged me a dollar for that that puppy. So uh, if I don't uh, if I don't remember to send it to you, you'll get it at C six. Okay. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and then and then the last booth is James's booth. Uh, James Gallo. Um, now, fans of the podcast, of course, know about our fantasy baseball competition. And a couple years ago, uh, he kind of intentionally lost so that Steve didn't get last place. 
because you get a last place prize. And I kind of teased him about it. And I, I kind of got the sense that he was mad at me for that, Steve. <laughs> but it did, turns, you, did you tie up loose ends with this? No, it's just uh, I'm actually an oversensitive boob. So oh, okay. there, there, there was nothing there at all. I just, James's, I just make it James's up. words there or is that your No, that, the, the, your that's assessment. mine. Um, okay. I don't think he would call anybody a boob. I, I, can't, I can't quite see that. But, yeah, that's – Yeah, uh, I, was, I was struggling with that a little bit. I'm like, oh, I can't quite see James calling you that. But yeah, no. Something that, else maybe, but I <laughs> – that that was my bad because uh, we wound up having a really fun time talking and um, you know that was sort of the epicenter um, at these conventions. There tends to be at least one dealer who's vintage friendly, I guess you could call it, and that tends to be the center. So you know you sort of plant yourself there, and then Brad P's working there, and Matthias will come by, and Kishorgulius will come by, and you know like it's, it's sort of the the place where if you don't know where to meet people, you just go there and wait. Right and uh, and Steve, I finally bit the bullet and actually bought something I never thought I'd buy. Steve, oh, what's that? I bought comic art. Really, Ooh. really. Ooh. Yeah, that's the sound of a thousand voices being silenced or, or whatever <laughs> that is. Yeah, I've always been against comic art, Steve. Against it, huh? Well, this is my problem. A lot of folks from vintage. Uh, just sort of decided that they didn't want to do that anymore, and they wanted to collect comic art. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking that's particularly true. of like Brian Simmons, who has a great, who had a great art art to run. I really enjoyed right. having him around, and I just I liked him a lot. Uh, and Jim McCallum, he kind of got out and went into comic art. Mm. And my problem with it is I just don't get it. Like, I mean, the stuff is just so unbelievably expensive, and there's so much of it, and yeah. it's black and white, it doesn't display that well. I'm like, you know, I get it if it's a Neil Adams Batman or whatever, Frank Miller, but a lot of times I just didn't get the prices and what it was mm. worth. Yeah. But that all changed when I went to uh, the Toy Heaven, when I went to James Gallo's booth. Uh, what did you end up with? Well, it turns out that... Uh, the the most famous Star Wars artist. Have you ever heard of Carmine Infantino? Um, it doesn't ring a bell. No, no. Okay, well, I had heard of him, so that okay. was good news for James. Um, he's sort of the Star Wars artist, the original guy who from did, from the uh, old comic books. Yep, from the old Marvel comic books. Okay, gotcha. So he's the guy who decided that Chewie had weird monkey feet and <laughs> yeah, a that, mustache, right. and that yeah. <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin wore bright turquoise overalls and right. The, the whole funky 70s look of yeah. – uh, that's all because of Carmine Infantino. Okay. So James had a page from him that was from uh, uh, the UK Weekly. Um, so that will please our UK fans, which based on our feedback from the Jim will fix it, uh, we have a lot of UK fans. <laughs> and so that makes it a little bit less valuable. But, Steve, it's a page of only Chewbacca. See, if it has Chewbacca, I think you're you're exempt. You don't have to stress too much. <laughs> well, the thing is, if it had Chewbacca in it, like he had another piece that had Chewbacca and Han and all those people, and that's yeah. that's fine. But that's not going to get me to to actually the pony up, yeah, to actually pony up. <laughs> but this is a page where it's, and I'll we'll post links to it. It's Chewbacca going into uh, like a Imperial holding cell and just whomping on all these stormtroopers. And uh, my, good. my favorite line is, moving like a great brown ghost through their well-patrolled corridors and bays. Great brown ghost? Great brown ghost. Isn't that oh, sweet? That is, that is pretty sweet. <laughs> to finally strike in their detention hold is totally inconceivable. 
And there it's like he's whacking these three uh, Death Star gunners like right in the mouth. Oh, it's great. Uh, see, I love that, that in comics you can really make Chewie just look like he's tossing around like rag dolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just much more expressive that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I almost wish they had him throwing more dummies in the in the actual movies, but, you know. Yeah, it's I'll, I'll live with the comic, the comic uh, version of it. <laughs> and so that, that kind of raises a, a question that maybe we could pose as a debate, although we never get the debates off the ground. <laughs> but, I mean, is vintage comic art vintage collectibles? What, what do you think, Steve? Um, I mean, I think if it's from the time period, I, it's tough to argue against it. I mean, it's uh, it's vintage in my book. Um, yeah. I mean, it was all from that time. And right. I'm sure kids that had the toys would probably have the same comics, too. So, um, But I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've always been intrigued by the comics. I've never been a big comic book owner of any type but uh, right and uh you know i can understand the the intrigue but I, i'm i'm trying to stay away <laughs> it's basically because i never had them as a kid so i don't yeah it's kind of my excuse not to get into it so well i tell you don't buy one because then you start looking to buy two yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah that's a typical pattern yeah <laughs> but 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 don't worry Cavcast listeners i'm not going to start the comic cast um <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking with star wars uh, but it was it was fun because you know I talked to him a fair amount about what was selling and mm-hmm. uh, man he could not keep anything Pokemon. Um, he had really? a lot of a lot of really nice comic books there, and then he sold a ton of video games. James did. Yeah, he sold a ton okay. of video games. Like if you just hung out there for an hour, I mean he was moving, you know, looked almost like one every two minutes. I mean it's like a oh, lot wow. of video games. And uh, what do you think about that? Is that a, is that a vintage collectible? <laughs> uh, up to what point are are video games vintage collectibles? Uh, see, when you uh, sent me that commercial that we'll probably watch in a little bit here, I, I think that pretty much seals it as vintage. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's actually interesting, Steve, because we actually we do we do have a, a sponsor for this episode. Do we now? Yeah, that. I mean, Steve, do you, do you like video games? Uh, well, old ones, yeah. <laughs> do you like Do you like Star Wars? Absolutely. Well, what if I told you, Steve? You could play a Star Wars video game based on the hit movie Star Wars. <laughs> I'd be pretty stoked, to be honest. <laughs> well, all you have to do is cut out one proof of purchase from the back of this podcast, send a self-addressed <laughs> stamped envelope to Pueblo, Colorado, and you will receive a Parker's Brothers new game. It's called Star Wars Jedi Arena. Oh, my God. So that's actually not that good of a, of a, of a commercial, Steve. Should we play the actual thing? <laughs> well, let's, let's hear the real deal. Because what I'm thinking, Steve, is let's have this as a new monthly thing. A word from our sponsor. Oh, I like it. So here's a word from our sponsor. Parker Brothers presents the Jedi Arena. You are entering a battlefield of the future. The Star Wars Jedi Arena. Becoming a Jedi Master takes practice. Using your lightsaber, try to penetrate your opponent's defenses. But watch out, the Whirling Seeker can attack on its own. So follow your instincts. Ah, now you're ready to take on any challenger who dares to oppose you. Play the Jedi Arena home video game. Alone or head-to-head, the challenge awaits you. From Parker Brothers, the ones to beat. Yep, that's quite a commercial, hey, Steve? Yeah, they just don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> I think my, my favorite line is "Battlefield of the Future." Yes, uh, well, I, I, they were really on the spot. <laughs> well, technically, it's a long time ago, but yeah, <laughs> uh, and you guys just heard it, and hearing it's great, but you have to see it because they're yeah. they're wearing yeah. like these futuristic white and black outfits, and uh, I mean I, that that game came out you know a good decade before you were born, Steve. But uh, have you ever have you ever played it? <laughs> 
I've never played that one though. I've I've played a couple of old Atari games that I've never I didn't even know that that one existed until tonight. So there oh, you go. Really? Oh, I knew about the the like the Empire Strikes Back one and I think right. there was a Star Wars one. I just I'd never knew they made like a I mean it looks pretty basic but but awesome at the oh, same man. time. Yeah, see like I I grew up with that game and uh, the Atari 2600 and it is it was first of all really hard. Yeah. And and like it just didn't make any sense because it's just a little ball flying around shooting lightning at you, <laughs> and uh, I, oh man, I I I hated it. Like the way people feel about like the prequels or the holiday special, like I had such high expectations, and oh, uh, you were uh, let down. I remember it letting me down because I thought a Star Wars video game based on the hit movie Star Wars. I got to see this. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should actually have a sort of special on collecting the video games and, and what that's like. Because I don't know anything uh, yeah. about that market. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really unfamiliar with it too, so I'd love to, to have a, a little special segment on it. And, and I think too we'd have to define what makes a vintage video game. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they, they made a lot of video games in the interregnum period, you know. Right, so, right. Uh, that's how I got back into Star Wars actually was because of Super Star Wars. I, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I, I skipped oh. school. My bro- <laughs> my brother called my principal, and we drove in his Jeep Cherokee down to the uh, the Kendall uh, Kendall Square Mall, and we bought a Super Nintendo and uh, Super Star Wars. And oh, uh, we picked that up game my is sweet. Yeah, we we picked up my friends from high school, which was the slick move, and, and we <laughs> went home and played it. And yeah, that was that was it. That's what got me back into it back in I don't know ninety two or ninety three. Yeah, that's a great game. All, all three of those were were really fun, actually. Yeah, yeah, those are great games. <laughs> so let's let's keep on moving through the uh, through the convention hall. I happen okay. to see one place at the corner of my eye, and uh, the good thing about hanging out with 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 real uh, real super old school collectors is they tell you things you don't know. So uh, there was this place there called Amok Time, A M O K Time. Okay, and the name just kind of rang a bell to me. Uh, yeah, I didn't quite know why, and I was with Ron Salvatore, and I said, "What, what, what, what does that mean?" And apparently, uh, it, was, it was this place, and they were the people that discovered the twelve-inch Lily Lady warehouse find. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe we could weave a little bit of Han Solo. Into yeah, this, yeah. Don't get excited. To this episode, uh, we'll <laughs> include a link here to the um, to the archive where they have a, a showing. Um, and these are pretty cool things. I haven't really seen many of them. Um, Ron really likes the Lily Lady. Uh, he really likes the 12-inch the figures. So so he had a bunch of those. I got to take a look at them. Oh, cool. And they're really funky. So if you don't know about them, they're, they're like 12-inch figures. They only made, what, Tusken Raider, Han Solo, uh, Darth Vader, Vader, Leia, Luke, Jawa, and R2, I think? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay, yeah. Actually, I got on the Yeah, here we go. Yep. That's, yeah. that's totally right. And... Uh, they hardly ever showed up, and then apparently this find was was made. And it was just neat to see this store that doesn't sell vintage or anything. You know, they just sell comics and, you know, Silk Spectre toys and, you know, Green Lantern variants, whatever. But uh, it was neat to, to sort of see this history and, and see this place that managed to kind of go away from Star Wars but still have this link to uh, to the hobby. Yeah. And the fact that so many of these are out there is is a testament to... You know, they're cool find. So, very cool. I'm telling you, vintage, uh, vintage is everywhere. It is. And uh, on the last day, I went to go get 
uh, Peter Mayhew's autograph because I do that at every every convention. <laughs> Did um, you track him down? <laughs> I tracked him down. Was, he was like alone. There was like nobody there. Really? Uh, well, he's always there with his wife. But okay. uh, he's selling new books. Um, they're like kids' books about his life. And oh, really? That's so cool. Did, did he uh, like? Are they like illustrated or? Yeah, they're illustrated. Oh, uh, cool. One is like a kids' book all about how hard it is being a giant, hmm. um, and it has a lot of stuff with Kenny Baker, and it's all Lucasfilm, you know, approved, licensed, and all that. Okay. Yeah, licensed, and uh, then the other book is sort of just about uh, another book about his life, but it's a little bit more about the. It's not a kids' book. It's more maybe like. A, Young, not quite young adult. It is still a kid's book, but it's a little bit less simple. Okay. Um, it's a little bit less, you know, different is good. And it's more about just, it's more like an autobiography comic book. Okay. But uh, I just mentioned it because... Um, it's not wise. I've said a Wookiee. There's a page, and we'll include a link of this. I just scanned it, um, where you see Stuart Freeborn putting the Chewbacca costume on him. Huh. And it's... It's a weird picture because in the background you see an AT-AT and, of course, you know, this was way way before AT-ATs. But then also plastered up on the wall is the 12-pack artwork. Oh, wow. Um, so it's the, you know, the, art, the, the hand-drawn artwork of all the figures that you see on the back of any 12-pack. Um, oh, that's cool. So, again, it's a little anachronistic to use a, a dorky word. Um, <laughs> but still, just a little bit of vintage here and there. Um, and then I, another thing where you see a fair amount of uh, uh, vintage. I actually I was listening to the the Force Cast, you know, who I talk about a fair amount, right? Um, and they they do a lot of good coverage of the Clone Wars TV show, and they pointed this out. I didn't notice it, but you know, Akbar was all over the first three episodes. Okay, um, he was just a captain. Like um, it was actually Admiral Akbar, not just one of his kind. Yeah, yeah, no. It, well, it's pretty cool, Steve. The, the whole thing took place on the planet. Okay, and it was, and he was just Captain Akbar at that point. Captain Akbar, yeah, I like Captain that. Akbar. But he actually <laughs> used his vintage his vintage Kenner accessory. That weird little stick. Yep, that weird little uh, stick. Sweet. Yeah, so uh, it's worth checking out. Right on. Yeah, so I'm, I think that's pretty much it for the news. Before I get to the dinner. Yes, that that's going to be a bit of a story time, I imagine. Here's an oldie but goodie. Once upon a time, long ago. Ticolo Carbon. Ticolo Carbon Story Time. Hit it, hit it. Toronto, gosh. Hit it. So, Steve, it was kind of a, a tricky thing trying to figure out how to record at the convention. Yeah. Um, I didn't record anything in the convention hall. I mean, I had my recorder and it was all ready, but. It wasn't like a Star Wars thing. So I, I didn't really know what to do. Uh, so what I did was I, I brought the I brought the thing to the dinner. Um, I brought my iPod with its microphone, and I thought, how can I capture this? Uh, let me paint a sort of tableau of what it was like. Um, it was like a long banquet table that seated about I don't know fourteen to twenty people. There were these like three uh, like uh, chan- not chandeliers, but you know like candle holders uh-huh. with all this wax everywhere. Um, 
I, I was sitting in the middle, which was somewhat comical, because at some point I go, I know one of you is going to betray me. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, because I, I – uh, some people like – You still like, have the, the, the Jesus hair going? Yeah, I still have the Jesus uh, hair okay. and, and the beard. Right. Um, I, I don't really like the sacrilegious jokes, but uh, – No, I, I, I hear you. It was kind of <laughs> impossible to pass up because I was like literally in the middle of this huge banquet table. Yeah. And uh, and it was just it was just a lot of fun. And again, you know, that's that was the inner circle. And there were people there who, you know, have only been collecting, who don't even really have a, a vintage collection to speak of. You know, just friends and hang out. And there were people who'd been collecting for you know fifteen, thirty years or whatever. Yeah. And uh, everyone was just hanging out, eating, having a good time. And uh, I, I got a lot from it. I even actually have the theme of next month's episode from a conversation I had. Ooh. But cool. I'm, I'm going to tease that. Okay. But uh, as we all know, uh, Chris Jorgulius is a is a big friend of the of the Kivecast. Yes. Um, and to tell you the truth, I think he might listen to it more than even I do. <laughs> it could be true because uh, <laughs> he, he was there with his uh, with his long term girlfriend Sharon, um, and uh, you've met her, right, Steve? Yes. Yeah. Briefly, I met her at uh, Celebration Five. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's just you know the. The, the the model collector's companion, you know, she's always yeah. there and friendly, and she doesn't like kind of pull him away. And anyways, um, and on top of that, you know, a pl- pleasant conversationalist. Um, and she was like, like she knew a lot about the show, you know. Uh oh. But he's also our biggest critic. So so we we were talking <laughs> about how he doesn't like the lightning round. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you gotta have some new questions on there. And so he proposed a question. And it, it wasn't like he was, like, thinking about it forever. He just kind of threw it out there. And so mm. I thought, why not make that the way of, of documenting this dinner? So what I did was I, I, I asked what I uh, refer to as the Christian Gullius impossible question. And I went around and I asked every vintage collector at the table. And uh, there were two girlfriends there or what? No, three girlfriends or wives, and they wind up, you know, being in on it, and you hear all kinds of things. And this is the question, Steve. Are you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Because I'm going to ask you after you're done. Okay. And this was devised by Christian Aguilius. If a loved one became very ill and needed money quickly for an operation, what is the first thing that you would sell? Ooh, that is a... That is a tough question. Now, you see, the reason why it's good is because you may think, oh, I'll just say the most valuable thing. But then if you think about it, well, maybe uh, maybe you don't want to get rid of the one-of-a-kind thing. Maybe you have uh, uh, something that's almost worth that much or uh, what could sell the quickest or what would sell the yeah. best. Yeah, right, right. And it, it, it's not just like a grail question. It also winds up being a question where you wind up sort of saying a lot about yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you have about ten minutes of audio here from the the Royal Albert Hall uh, restaurant in in New York City, and it's a little bit hairy. The audio is is a little bit loud. Uh, I had to edit out a very loud James Gallo profanity, um, <laughs> but uh, but you hear he he steals the show, and I apologize for calling him a dealer and not a collector and dealer. That that's my bad. <laughs> But uh, so so have a listen to the to the uh, Christian Julius's impossible question segment, and uh, when we come back on the other side, Steve and I will give ours. All right. Well, I'm recording here at the Albert Hall. The convention is over. It is now the amazing dinner afterwards. 
if you were, if your family member were sick and you needed to raise money for her operation, what one item would you sell first? Here's Yehuda K's answer to Chris Jorgulius's impossible question. Probably my Toll Toys Darth Vader 12 back because I just got it, so I'm not attached to it yet. And how much do you think you'd get for it? It would be a very small operation. It would be like four or five hundred bucks. <laughs> so best of luck to him, you know? It, it, it's a morbid question. It is a downer. This is uh, Brad Portnoy. He's getting ready to answer the question. Chris Jogulius's impossible question. Uh, I'd have to say I would sell my um, Micro 4-Up painted, even though it's it's one of my favorite pieces. And uh, for family, you know, whatever it takes for family, that family comes first. I'm here with Mike Ritter, who's getting ready to answer Chris Jogulius's impossible question. If I had to sell one thing to send my only relative back to the hospital or whatever, probably nothing. I really don't like my brother that much. I don't know. He's getting around it, but we're going to accept that as an answer, judges. I'm now here with uh, director and filmmaker uh, Brian uh, Stillman, right? Director of PlasticGalaxyMovie.com. Here's his answer to Chris Chagulis' impossible question. I guess if I had to save someone's life, I'd sell... I don't have a lot of stuff that's actually worth much, so in all likelihood, my family members would die horrible deaths because I wouldn't be able to raise a lot of money quickly. So probably, I guess I'd toss up my uh, maybe my early bird set because that would, I don't know, that could like get a like a, like a like a finger sewn back on maybe or something like that. Okay, well, I'm here with E. Franks, Eric Franks, another Pennsylvania collector. Here's his answer to Christian Lewis's impossible question. I really don't own any one thing that valuable, but if I had to pick one thing, I have a first shot of a Dexter Jetster that might raise enough money to pay bedpan fees. Bedpan fees is good. Bedpan fees. That about covers it. Excellent. I, I love Dexter, man. I mean, he gets a lot of hate, but uh, he's got that, that cool tone in his voice. He's a cool character. All right, well, thank you, Eric. <laughs> Once again, Mr. Angel Eyes, Mr. Dancing Queen, Matthias, he's going to answer the question, the Christian Gullius Impossible question. What would you sell first? Uh, I would sell Emily's shoe collection. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, one second. Emily, what do you think? Uh, uh, no comment. No comment at all. <laughs> now, that, that, that doesn't count, Matthias. It has to be a Star Wars item. Unless, does she have a collection of Clark's uh, Star Wars shoes? Very boring answer. I would sell some of my Trilogo run, uh, some 4 and 12 bags, stuff that I knew no, I could get back. Boring answer, but that's what I would go for. Well, it's a real, it's a real answer, Matthias. Four and twelve backs. I like it. All right, thank you. Okay, here's Joe Kersavage with his answer. Or Kersavage or Kersavage? Okay, Kersavage. Probably have to be my uh, four-up painted prototype micro of Leia Hoth. It's one of my prized possessions. But if somebody really needed that for help, it would definitely have that. That'd have to go. You probably have to sell it somewhere in Singapore. Am I right? Ah, uh, he'd wind up with it, but it's uh, for a family member. It's, it's for a family member. All right, thank you, Joe.
We're now here with frequent contributor to the podcast, Bill Cable, answering Chris Chagulius' impossible question. Um, my choice would probably be the Spanish Return of Del Jedi PvP. It's a piece that I picked up for maybe 120 bucks many years ago. Now it can fetch easily 1500 so that would be something that I'd, I'd choose to do. Thank you, Bill. Sounds like a sound, a sound move. Brad Portnoy is going to change his answer. I think I would cut off my leg with the Chewbacca tattoo and use that instead because I think I can get more money for a limb than for a hard copy. A man to sacrifice himself, just like Chewbacca, when Ron Salvatore killed him. Very good. All right, now now we're here with a dealer, James Gallo. This could be a very a very complicated answer. Collector dealer. A collector dealer, James Gallo. Definitely not a dealer. So I guess to answer the question, it would depend on the amount of money I need to raise and how quickly I would. A lot of money. A lot of money is what? $50,000. $50,000, you know, I have, I'd have. probably sell a handful of baseball cards or, or unproduced George and Ewoks stuff. All right, a handful of unproduced George and Ewoks. Excellent. Now, now, now Jared, are you ready? Uh, yeah, well, James would sell his George and Ewoks stuff, but I'd, I'd buy them from him. Uh, so that's what I would do. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so we're here with we're here with Jared, and uh, are you guys married or girlfriend boyfriend? Engaged. Engaged. Okay. Jared with his fiance, and she's saying, "What are you saying? What did you just say to him?" That I wouldn't let him sell anything, even if I was dying. You see that? That's right there. That's that's love, and that's oh that's definitely pre-marriage. I got to say too. Yeah. But uh, we've been well, together almost well, thirteen years. Okay. In that case, I stand corrected. She, she's a keeper, Jared. <laughs> All right, Jared. So, if you had to sell one thing for a different family member, then, because obviously your fiance would not allow you to do that. What, what would it be? Would it be a sit and spin? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I'd sell my sit and spin because it's a production item, and I could probably get another one. So, I would let that go first. How much would a sit and spin go for? Um, mine's graded, so you could get close to a grand for it. A grand. All right. James Gallo disagrees with this appraisal of the sit and spin. It's slightly rarer than most of the Ewok stuff, and it has this aura of being rare, but since there's no demand for it, there really should be no justification for a high price. You're drunk. I think Jared's going to tell James to sit and spin. (laughs) I think James is already spinning at this point. Yeah, it's true. I think he may be sitting. He's now sitting, and he is spinning. Okay, so here we go with Andy Loney, another dealer and a collector. What's the first thing you would sell from his collection? Uh, one of my Japanese carded figures with a coin attached to it, because I know James Gallo would buy one instantly if I sold one. All right, that's a good answer. Man. Yeah, what's the first thing that you'd sell to raise money? I'm here with uh, famous vintage writer and Chewbacca killer Ron Salvatore. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ron. I can't let you up. Yeah, you know, we quote you every episode, but 
Yeah, to raise money for a... It's the question Google yes, impossible question. The first thing you'd sell. You have no money already. Yeah, you have no money. The first thing you have to do. No idea. Can I answer the what vintage product would you be instead? I already have a good answer to that one. Okay, well, Ron, Ron has an answer to that. He's, he's always thinking outside the box. Here we go. What is his one vintage item? What is he? Uh, top C-3PO. Card. The uncensored card. We're here Bill, with Bill Cable. So he's saying, so what makes the, the tops uh, so special, Bill? Well, the first issue of the card had a piece of his armor fell off, and it looks like a giant golden rod. Yes, yeah, so it, it looks like a phallus right in the right spot. Some pictures of Chris Gugulius when he was pretty young, I could sell. <laughs> Maybe do a tabloid. All right, so tabloid photography of Chris Gugulius. I, I know I'd pay at least four figures, so that help your family. Well, thank you, Ron. And the last person I'm going to ask the question, the Christian Gullius impossible question, is none other than Christian Gullius himself. You have to sell one item for a loved one in need. What item do you sell? Um, how in need is this loved one? Very, very in need. Very, very in need. Well, I'd say if I had to let one item go and I could sell it quickly... I would let my Gargan sculpting go. Your Gargan sculpt? Yes. Wow, that that would do a, a pretty pretty good job for that that poor family member. Now, if they're not that well, not not that much in need, then I can let some twelve backs go. All right, you let some twelve backs go. All right, sounds good. Thank you very much for providing the question and the answer, Chris Jogulius. So, Steve, what would you say? What would be the first thing you would sell if you had a family member in need? Um, I'd, it'd have to be something that wasn't directly related to, to my childhood. So I, I mean, my first instinct, um, I have a couple of, uh, droids and Ewoks, uh, uh, printed stuff that, and I really like it cause I, you know, I, I did watch the cartoons and all that, but I never had the toys. So I, right. I think it probably, I'd go with that cause they, they got some, you know, some meat to them and I think they'd, someone would want them, but, uh. No, that's tough. I mean, I guess it's all hypothetical, depending on what what the situation was. But what, what do you mean, printed stuff? This is a this is a podcast. Deal. Yeah, People yeah. Want specifics, right. or I mean, right. you don't I have was, to say. I, I got a I got a pair of of Chromelins that I that I would sell. Oh wow! All yeah. right. Well, expect an email from Jared in ten minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because I asked the question seventeen times and I don't actually have. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, you don't. Oh, so you, no, you no, trick. I do. Right. No, no, I'd, I think I'd sell my, uh, I'd sell all my non-Endor stuff. Uh, non-Endor, okay. Pre-production, because I've got a lot of like one-of-a-kind stuff, and I got a couple twelve-back proofs, you know, two different kinds, and yeah, that yeah. would kill me. But I, you know, it would raise a ton of money, and then second of all, I'd be losing part of my focus but yeah and i'd be sacrificing something which i think is a, an important part of this exercise yeah yeah but i'd still keep something of my collection you know yeah yeah so I, I hope that gave everyone a little flavor of what it's like uh, at c6 we're going to be uh having lots of dinners like that and lots of uh lots of parties at the uh oh man i tell you we've got a lot of lots of ideas for the c6 party yeah it's uh i think it's going to end up being insane by the by the time it actually happens yeah yeah uh let's put this out there right now if anyone here has an unopened box of c-3po's steve will eat a whole bowl in front of everybody so we <laughs> we've already discussed this and he said he's willing to do it 
Did we? I, I'm not remembering this this discussion. <laughs> it might not have happened, but the point is, it's on tape now, so you can't yes. go back. Can't I can't um, get back out of it now? No, I, I will take <laughs> at least a spoonful of C3PO's. Um, how about you, Steve? And I'll I'll eat the whole box, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it actually probably be better for you to eat the box and not the, the box cereal. itself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's the way we could get around it. We're going to eat a box of C3PO cereal and just yeah, you know, yeah, just the some old cardboard. Box. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh well, do you have any other news, Steve? I mean, um, there, I think there, you got a you got a lot of stuff there from from the Comic-Con. It's great. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff from the Comic-Con. I mean, there there were some neat threads. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there were sort of two threads uh from Rebel Scum that I thought were fun. I, I have to admit, Steve, after the end of the fantasy baseball season, I do find myself checking Rebel Scum more. <laughs> I had a feeling when, when when you said the uh, oh what do you think of the new forums I'm like uh, the new what <laughs> I, I hadn't even picked up on all that but I'm I'm getting back in it you know it's a it's a long term hobby and you don't always uh, you don't always do it the same way from from week to week no um, yeah so the the first one that I uh, that I thought was pretty neat was the the three different uh, AT boxes right so what what that was uh, see is by Miss the eighties. Yeah, um, and I always like to imagine that it's a girl who's who just calls herself Miss the Eighties, and eventually <laughs> she'll she'll marry her, she'll get married and become Mrs. the Eighties. Um, but yeah, uh, he or potentially she, probably not, um, <laughs> just lined up all of the ATAT boxes. Right. Um, the well, not all of them, but three of them. Oh, three of them. Yeah. The vintage, the POTF two, and the new one. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was cool. Yeah, I mean, I. I I think it's – I remember – I think it was our first episode we were talking about. I wonder if they're going to actually bring back the vintage-style packaging for, for the new stuff. And sure enough, right. I mean, there it is. And, uh, I mean, it's it's just cool to see it. Like you said, they kind of come back to to the roots here because it's – honestly, it's what's the best. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see they're finally starting to catch on to it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like that one a lot. And then there's also a recent thread um, – called my wife's missing toys yeah and i love this thread steve you want you want to describe what happens in that it was uh it's it's a guy's named nick and uh his wife i guess had some of these uze figures and she thought they'd been gone for all these years and he uh they turned up recently (laughs) at his mother-in-law's so (laughs) it's just uh it's just funny to see something that's you know when you think about vintage now you hear uze Every, you know, it's such a hot topic, you know, valuable thing. But here, they were just like, it's just like the, you know, old vintage toys that we would lose ourselves, you know. And sure enough, it's resurrected and they're a little beat up, but they're yeah. just as, as important. It's just, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. What I like is that he has a picture of his original Kenner AT-AT driver next to his wife's Uze Suruku. Um, yeah. Which I guess is how you say that in Turkish. Yeah, but yeah, just having the the comparison photos is really nice, and uh, yeah, I just something about that the idea of having bootleg nostalgia. Is, yeah, uh, it's it's great, <laughs> un, unlicensed nostalgia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's uh, all of the news that uh, that that we found uh, to, to discuss. Well, there's got to be more out there, Steve. Hey. Eh? Oh yeah, always. So Steve, as far as our first feature, um, you know, beyond the news. Normally we do the nugget and then the unloved, but I kind of mm-hmm. want to do a little segue, kind of uh, link okay. them together. So let's okay. go to the unloved vintage item of the month. Oh, 
So, Steve, this month's uh, unloved item actually comes from the the vaunted uh, collection of Ron Salvatore. Oh, and by that I that mean, makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was over there, at, you know, at the, at the fireworks show again at uh, at Ronderlay, as I've named his uh, his collection, and uh, you know, he has all these amazing prototypes and all these unspeakable, you know, sculpts and all that crazy stuff. And then he's also got a whole room of just production and it's really nice to look at. And the problem of it is there's just so much of it. Yeah. And, and so, so every time I I walk into the room, there's something else I see and I go, Oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And what caught my eye this time is the star Wars give a show projector. Yes. Now this is a a long time Kenner license. So kind of like Play-Doh, right? Which, I think we'll have to feature it at some point because there's, there's a lot of Plato stuff I did not know yeah. about until I went yeah. into that room. <laughs> um, but you know they would just take any of their lines and just make it Star Wars. Right, right. And uh, the Give a Show projector. Do you have one of these, Steve? No, no, I, I don't have one. I, I wish <laughs> they're pretty cool. So the basic idea is it's like a slide projector, but a really lazy slide projector. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a flashlight that you just. They have these little slides, and they show through them. And uh, I'm actually happy to report to the uh, Kivecast audience that uh, I bought Ron's Extra. Oh, nice. Um, and I'm going to be bringing it to Celebration 6. And uh, part of the party is we're going to have the Give a Show projector on and working, and you're going to be able to sort of go and watch Star Wars in the Give a Show projector booth. Excellent. Oh, man. That's oh. – Great! Isn't that gonna be fun? <laughs> I can't wait, man. I, I've, I've never actually seen one, so we'll have to we'll have to get it going. Yeah, well, it's it's really cool. It's just again, there's something about pre Jedi Star Wars art. Yeah. Where, I mean, even in, into Jedi, there's, it's just so funky. And I mean, yeah. really, <laughs> it, uh, I I was looking around trying to find the images, and this is gonna be. It's not a Star Wars site, but it's uh, go to give a show dot blogspot dot com. I'll, I'll repeat that again in a second. They actually have the whole give a show. Um, oh. They actually have almost all of the give a shows. Um, you know, from Beetle Bailey to you know, Popeye and Harlem Star Wars. Harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. And and what they do is they film it and they put music on there, so they make it a little bit more exciting than the yeah. actual thing was. But it's it's really cool because you can actually see it. And what makes these these items, this and like little movie reel viewer, so much fun is, you know, you just you had no hope. You know, either you went to the movie or you didn't. You know, like when you saw the movie eighty times, it wasn't some kind of affectation of like, oh, I did it. It's like that's the only way to see the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have <laughs> the give a show. Yeah. Um, a couple a couple of the slides I wanted to mention as being particularly cool. Did you happen to catch the uh, the spelling on Tuscan Raiders? No, no. Uh, what, what do we got? T U S C A N. Oh, Tuscany Raiders. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. From Florence comes the Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I never even thought about that. You could do like, uh, 
you know, like like, like a Florentine prince, you know, like a, like a Machiavelli kind of. Oh uh, man, but with a Tuscan Raider's head, yeah, totally. Ah, uh, I I sense another custom figure coming. <laughs> kind of the, the poofy sleeves and like yep, a yep. little dagger instead of yep. just a derfy stick or whatever. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> the Tuscany Raider, uh, and then uh, in the sort of the final scene, they call it "Death of a Death Star." Oh man! I, I just like the poetry of that. I never really thought about that, it. That is that is quite poetic. <laughs> yeah, death of a Death Star. Uh, um, and again, I, I don't know if this quite counts as unloved, but I think it is pretty unloved because it's awesome. I mean, you actually see it. It's a like the 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 box art. It's amazing. There's these two figures and they're popping off the black. You know, the two little kids and the yep. black background and the silver race track and this great art. Um, and actually, I I knew a little bit about the special uh, special offer to give a show, but not much. Um, did you get a chance to look at this image, Steve? Yeah, yeah, I did. It's actually this is a this will probably be our one Halloween reference for the month. But it's it's Scooby Doo is the special offer. That's so, right. Yeah, it's, it's a uh, it's it's Scooby. I mean, there's there is a picture of Scooby Doo. <laughs> on a Star Wars item. Yep. Um, so the special offer was not more Star Wars. You got twen- 10 additional color slides of Scooby-Doo and Friends. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and again, that kind of got me. I don't really have any jokes here, but it did make me think, how could you integrate Scooby-Doo into, into Star, Star Wars? Wars? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, zoinks. Get away from that trash compactor monster. <laughs> I thought uh, this was going to be like some kind of far out bar. I didn't know you guys going to have my arm cut off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I, I do love Scooby Doo. Oh uh, man, that's good. And this is actually going to lead quite well into uh, our our nugget, Steve. That it is. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. I feel like I've been talking too much, Steve. So <laughs> why, why don't you talk a little bit about the nugget? Right, so what we got here is uh, the original artwork for some of the Give a Show slides, which is what we were just talking about before. And um, they're kind of like like comic art in the sense that they're black and white. Yep. Um, some of them, anyway. Actually, yeah, they all are. That was just a comparison. Never mind. But, uh, yeah, they're uh, little black and white strips that are... Uh, it looks like they've got hand-pasted, uh, like, the actual dialogue and all that's on there. And um, it's just... It's kind of interesting because you... It's It really is, like, comic art and toy art at the same time. It's, it's exactly. a really unique prototype. But, uh, no, it's, it's really cool. It's actually, I think... Is John Wooten his collection, or a couple of different people? Yeah, it's uh, but, uh, Dan, yeah Dan Frieda and William Byers. Yeah, never heard yeah, that's of William right. Byers. I haven't either, to be honest. Um, well, yeah, so it's hopefully got... uh, hopefully some of our old school collectors. Have been, You've never <laughs> heard of the William. Yeah, Byers? I think we're gonna get a, a shellacking, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he's a listener. Probably not. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's. I just thought it was great with the whole Comic Con and me going into buying comic art. Uh, and I remember actually being at Ron's, being like, "Hey, I wonder if any of the art ever showed up." And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I, I don't know." So I guess maybe he forgot. Yeah. Um, it's but, an astute choice, guy. I think that it works well. It all pans out well, and it, it's huge too. I mean, you look at it. Yeah. And the, the slides themselves are That's very right. small, but the art is actually pretty big. 
Yeah, it's like three stormtroopers tall. Exactly. <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, and it just gives you a sense of the... Of, of, uh, it's just great. It's almost like uh, silent films, really. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like, you are my prisoner, Princess Leia. Yeah, I can see that kind of flickering in between frames. <laughs> yeah. Like well, an old silent movie. Well, I'm going to do a test run at some point. I'll, I'll let everyone know how it works out. I'm gonna oh, good, yeah. Have, I'm gonna, I'm I tell my kids that we're going to watch Star Wars one night. <laughs> and then I'm going to be like, here it is. We're not watching Clone Wars on the Blu-ray. We're watching Give a Show. See, what you also got to do, I don't know if you have the old uh, the soundtracks on vinyl, but you got you to gotta bust those out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that'd be funny. Yeah. So oh, cool. yeah, this, this is our episode honoring the Gibba Show. Oh wait, I mean Han Solo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Han and Obi Wan. But fortunately, okay. Steve, we do have the market watch. And, I mean, we uh, do. It's it's a it's a it's a double up market watch. So let let's hit the the Jay Z sound drop. One dollar flicks. Market Watch. All right, Steve. Before I hand over the reins to you to do the uh, the crazy Market Watch, I have to admit that my original nugget was a Han nugget, but uh, it turns out it's not on the archive. Yeah, I was stumped by that one. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Steve, just uh, you know, look up the uh, small head Han on the ESB card. <laughs> and, and it wasn't there. I just assumed that it had to be. Yeah. So as we've as we've said, there's the the normal head Han, and there's the extremely small. Oh my goodness, it's too small head Han. Um, <laughs> and the the small head Han was phased out during the Star Wars run. Right. So anyone that you find from on a Empire Strikes Back card is very rare. Yeah. Um, so it turns out I was actually just remembering seeing one sold a little a couple of years ago, and that oh, was on okay. on Brian's toys. And that sold for two thousand two hundred dollars. Wow! Which is a lot for Empire Strikes Back Han. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's uh, just something to think about. Wow, that's crazy. I, I was—I I actually looked up when you told me about the nugget. I'm like, okay, if it's not in the archive, maybe it's in the Kellerman book. And I—I <laughs> I did find one in there, but I'm like, I didn't realize it would be over two thousand bucks. That's—that's uh—and that's a couple of years ago. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So, anyways, but before we get to Han. Poor neglected Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, poor old guy. I figured we, we got to give him some love. It's ageism, Steve. It's yeah. just plain and simple. It's it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so so, what was the market watch that? What well, you know? What let's let's pull back the curtain. Uh, my, my wife like came home early, and I wasn't supposed to be recording, and she was like, "What are you doing?" So that, that's why I got rushed at the end of of last month. Um, <laughs> it was sort of like, okay, gotta go. It's kind of like. Uh, Clark Griswold at the at the oh, Grand Canyon. Man. Oh man! <laughs> uh, anyway, so so sense. so break down the Ben Kenobi's that you you picked okay. out. So we got we got three here. The first one it's a Power of the Force Kenobi, um, which is in pretty nice shape. Um, bubbles yellow a little bit, but that's that's pretty much standard for for Power of the Force figures. But this one sold for 124, and uh, I always I don't know that second photo. Is really cool to me for some reason. I think with the power of the force card, it, it's 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 just perfect for it. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that they, one's yeah. They changed the art and, and just the way that he's holding the lightsaber. And... Isn't the the hand actually really weirdly airbrushed? Or yeah, something? yeah. The hand is very strangely airbrushed. Yeah, and, and that's part of what makes it so cool. Yeah, 
But uh, yeah, it's funny. I actually, when I first started focus collecting, um, in the, the the actual sense of the word, I was collecting Ben Kenobi figures, and this is one of the very first ones I ever got. So it's kind of a, a fun oh, wow. one. But uh, yeah, I don't don't have much of a Kenobi focus anymore. But that was that was kind of how I got started. But um, let's see, what do we got next? Wait, next... Now, 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 what drew you to Obi Wan? Oh, he's, I'd say he's probably my favorite actual character from the movies. I was never super crazy about the figure, but it was actually one of the first vintage figures I bought for myself when I was collecting again. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of a combination of both. I was my favorite character and, and one of the very first figures I oh, got. So that's cool. Kind of went and, with it. And you're showing the, the card short i mean it's got a yellow bubble that's a really nice condition oh card. yeah the card the card itself is is really nice it's got the the punch in there and yeah. it looks it looks gorgeous yeah, otherwise it looks, looks looks case I'm, fresh for 125 bucks it's, it's not in a, a case of some kind it's it's kind of nice to see it just on its own and it was yeah. 124 bucks so yeah. not not terrible i guess but uh all right, well, let's see. Batting second, we've got <laughs> uh a tri logo Kenobi and uh it's funny. This is the one kind of figure I actually got burned on. Um, I bought one of these when I was working on that first, you know, focus, and it turned out to be a reseal. And I, that was when I was a total newbie, so I didn't really, really know what I was doing. So uh, this one, this one, obviously, it looks pretty legit, but it sold for a hundred and one dollars. And uh, it's, you know, I just figured we get a little bit of a variety in there since we talk about twelve backs so much. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. And uh, lastly, we got a Meccano, which is another uh, – that was the first foreign figure I ever got, which was a, it was a Meccano Kenobi. Wow. And I remember paying a lot less than this. Um, this one is an AFA 75, and it sold for $287. Wow. And I didn't remember paying anywhere near that for mine um, years back. But uh, I always thought that those small Meccano cards are, are pretty cool. Well, yeah, that, that's the funny thing is, uh, you know, the Meccano cards, they're square. They look completely different than any other thing out there. Yep. It's totally in French. Yep. And they're insanely rare unless it's a Jawa or and then, to a lesser extent an Obi-Wan. Right. Yeah, right. And I but, think there are still sealed boxes out there. Of um, these? I believe – maybe they've been cracked open. But I remember oh. hearing – at some celebration, that there was still a box out there that was, wow. you know, because huh. then you could potentially get an, a U graded carded vintage. Oh, jeez, double whammy. Double oh, whammy. Man. Yeah. The, it, <laughs> then the thought behind that would be then you'd get the, you'd get the figure U graded, so it'd get a double U, <laughs> not a double I, U, but you know, like two U's. Yeah, yeah. U U ninety, and it'd be worth ten thousand dollars. It's kind of a random tangent thought, but I wonder if. If anyone would ever think to U-grade an unopened case of figures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. No, that's what they do. No, no, they do. I mean, like a – like a. do they have, do they actually grade, like, you know, the shipping cases? Yeah. That's what I'm talking – really? Oh you, oh, you mean, like, have an uncirculated shipping case? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So you'd have to have a shipping case inside of a shipping case. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, you have, have to just you have time to send, travel. You have time to send travel the shipping steel. container to Norcross, Georgia. <laughs> they would have to open up the container, you know, with their little plastic gloves on, and then they could they could U grade everything in there. Oh, uh, okay. We got to get back. We're uh, off the rails we're again. Off the chain. Steve. We're off the chain. It's All only right. eleven o'clock. It's bad. 
All right, we're getting there. Okay. Let's go on to the Nerf Herder. Okay. All right, off to the Nerf Herder. We got uh, a couple things. Um, we got the small head Han, 12 back. Um, now, these, I, I chose two just to, to show that there's a pretty crazy price difference. And they didn't seem like they were too, well, I guess somewhat different condition, but still a big difference. The first one, uh, the punch is missing. It's got a price sticker on there. But otherwise, I think it looks okay. It's not, you know, terrible. And that one sold for... 269 and then the other one it's got the punch in there still uh looks a bit better overall and that one sold for 598 dollars with 20 bids so it was obviously a a tough one Um, and i i remember when i was trying to put together a a set of carded figures i got down to like the last four or so and han was one of the ones i just could never bring myself to buy right and uh, this is exactly why. It always seemed like it was one of the more expensive ones of those of those twelve backs. But uh, well, you know, it's funny. This is—I don't know if we ever talked about this before, but um, you know, when I was starting to, to collect the vintage, you know, Todd Hudson was still collecting Chewbacca. Yeah. And I was always insulted, be, well, not insulted, but <laughs> frustrated that he said yeah. he only collected Chewbacca because Han Solo was so expensive. Oh. And, and I've always found it to be the opposite—that like no one actually really collects Han. Yeah, it's true. I, I was actually going to bring that up. It's like there's no big Han-focused collectors the way there are for Chewie or Vader or but, the but droids. But even beyond or... that, I can't even think of like historically. You know, like yeah. I can't even really – I mean I mean, Kyle had a pretty good run going, but that was for yeah. like six months or something. And there was that dude out of England who had that great uh, like Chromalin run. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you've never – at least I've never seen the just mind-blowing, you know, stair light or whatever. Just right, full right. case of – yeah. It's, it's yeah, a, it's interesting. Um, very cool. Hey, wow, that was in Rochester. That one oh, that sold. One? Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, go figure. <laughs> wow. That's funny. I wonder <laughs> – I should go track that dude down see if he's got yeah. any figures. He may, he may have something else you'd want. There you yeah. go. Um, okay, so at last, lastly, I got a couple of others. We got uh, a U-graded loose figure. Or no, it's not U-graded. I'm sorry. It's just loose but graded. AFA 85. Uh, it sold for 97. And that's the big head, Han. So I know we haven't really touched on the uh, loose graded figures for a while, so I figured I'd check in on that because I, I, uh, it's been a while. Because so. it's insanity. <laughs> what? <laughs> Was that... <laughs> Was that Paul Rubens? Oh, man, it was. <laughs> what is the deal? I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's see. There was another one that sold for 145 so I think it it's, uh, it's still – Is that more than a – I mean, is that more than a $20 figure? Maybe, I guess. I, uh, I don't know. I, that's that's a tough call, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. the insanity level is still quite high. Yeah, well, and, hey, uh, at least they're not you, you know? No, no, they're not you graded. That's, 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 that's fine with me. Hey, that's you, you want to just but... have a loose figure and have it slabbed? Who cares? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. I just, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's still, still, man, the prices are, that's tough to swallow. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, since we mentioned the, the Letty 12-inch figures before, um, I found a couple of those, and uh, one sold for 400 which was, uh, it was in nice condition, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, like you said, it seems like the, the Han stuff is, is pretty in demand. Um, yeah. and the other one I think was in, let's see, I lost that one second. That was the only one I still had up. There was one that sold for 400 and the other one sold for, I think 150. 170, so it, yeah. 170. There we go. 
So yeah, there's a bit of a range, but uh, yeah, that's it's cool to me too because they they use the same kind of uh, scheme for the the 12 inch figures they did for the 12 back. Um, but uh, yeah, there you go. That's that's the Han stuff. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> making it sound kind of ho hum. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's a <laughs> Steve. Steve. Okay, I just found this on eBay right now. While you oh, <laughs> you're showing no. me the pictures. Oh no! Do you did you see RJ Cruiser's auction here? No. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Um. Okay. Breaking so news. Breaking news. Breaking breaking news on the Kivecast. It's it's a picture of of one legged nude twelve inch Han Solo <laughs> and a naked one legged nude 12-inch Obi-Wan. Oh, man. That's and the perfect It is perfect absolutely for show. the perfect thing for this show. I'll, I'll send it to oh, you, Steve. I'll okay. send it link right now. And I'll, did it, I'll, did it, what did it sell for? Is it still going? Uh, let me see. That's a good <laughs> question, Steve. Or did it just get passed uh, by the Starting website. bid is $2. Time hey. left is 2 bucks. Hey. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think we have to, you have to get... Do you have a, a reject squad for uh, for twelve inch figures? <laughs> no, not yet. But <laughs> oh, man. something to be a little weird about. I mean, if I that was it, just those two guys. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, something. just just those two nude one legged dudes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it's it's perfect for this episode for sure. <laughs> it's perfect. So so we'll keep an eye out on that. Uh, it's currently okay. at two dollars. We'll we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. And the uh, last thing I wanted to bring up, which is something that doesn't happen too much for us, uh, there was some pre-production stuff that that sold on eBay uh, last at the end of last month. Yeah, special report by Stephen <laughs> Butt Danley. He's going uh, to prepare a special mock-up uh, report. <laughs> well, actually, the report's going to be production, but it's going to be about yes. mock-up figures. So, Steve, right. wow us with this amazing. <laughs> Uh, set of auctions that happened in the month of September. All right. So um, very end of September, a group all from one seller. Uh, one of them was a proof card. The rest were carded mock-ups, and they were on, on you know public sale on eBay, and they were listed as proof cards, and they didn't actually use the word mock-up, I don't think. And uh, these, you know, I'd seen others sell in the you know five hundred to seven hundred dollar range, depending on the figure, but. These, I actually got to watch close live, which was a lot of fun because I had no money to spend and I didn't have any interest in them, but you don't rarely <laughs> get the opportunity to just watch something like this happen. Right. So um, <laughs> uh, so the first one that sold uh, was, was just a PowerDroid proof card, uh, and that one sold for 257 and that, that seems about right. It was an Empire uh, 45 back proof. And uh, the next thing that came up, this is where things start to get a little crazy, um, it's a power or power droid 65 back uh, mock-up for Return of the Jedi, and that one sold for nine hundred and nineteen dollars. And the thing, it, it's pretty beat up, uh, and which is understandable being a mock-up and surviving all this time. But still, I was like, whoa, uh, that that jumped up pretty high. Right, so, so the idea behind the mock-up is it's it's a proof card, so right. it has the two square bottoms, mm -hmm. but then it has uh, like a bubble that's 
sort of taped on. Yeah, either the... taped or uh, I think they sometimes you use a different kind of glue. It, it, either way, it's hand applied. Um, right, it's hand applied, and sometimes they have uh, like first shot or pre-production figures. But in this right. case, it's just a production figure. Yeah, and they do this for photo shoots or to show to vendors or mm-hmm. just kind of uh, specialized reasons. So I just yeah. uh, wanted to it's mention... It's a little bit of a vocab there, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, vintage vocab. We haven't had that sound drop in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so, so mock-ups are weird. They're almost kind of like, like the quality assurance things where they're not... They're definitely pre-production, but yeah. how how special they are, I don't think the market has decided yet. No, and, and seeing it, as it's it sold, have. it's starting to kind of get big. Um, so we'll, we'll keep going here. The next one, it was a Leia Hoth, also 65A um, mock-up, and this one sold for 1550, wow. and uh, and that was 13 bids. So, I mean, you got it's a main character, and uh, like I said, it's a mock-up. These are not common um so and, and actually at that at that dinner in new york i was talking to joe kersavage uh-huh and uh he's he's a leia hoth dude right um, right and i think he was definitely a listener i think he wants to get it out there that he is a leia hoth dude okay um so if you have leia hoth stuff uh contact kivecast at gmail.com and i'll put you in, in contact with him um and uh anyways so he was talking about watching that auction oh he and, was yeah, and, and and you were saying that it was a hundred dollars with two minutes left. Yeah, that's the other thing. For most of these, with only like a minute and a half, two minutes left, they'd be like fifty, hundred dollars, and all of a sudden you start seeing it jump by a couple hundred dollars a second. It's yeah. just like it's just unbelievable. And uh, so yeah, this one ended at fifteen fifty for the Leia Hoth. Um, the next one was a Walrus Man. Also, these are all I think all sixty five A's. And uh, this one sold for just over a thousand. And uh, I mean, it, it, like a, you know, like I said, it's a this one's not a main character, but yet it is uh, clearly popular. These all got you know like ten to fifteen. I think maybe the highest was fifteen bids um, in the last couple minutes. And uh, let's see. So that yeah, that one was a thousand twenty-five for the Walrus Man. And lastly, there was a. Uh, a Tuscany Raider that uh, sold for fifteen eighty, and this one I think it kind of looks like the nicest of the group as far as the the shape it's still in. Right. And that was the last one to close. I think maybe people are like, oh, oh, damn, better better get on this. And uh, sure enough, fifteen eighty for a, a Tuscan Raider uh, Return of the Jedi mock-up. Wow. So yeah, I mean, it was just it was a blast just to watch it. I mean, I, yeah. So um, figured it, it deserved uh, some mention for. For anyone that, that happened to miss it, because you know, I, that's the thing. If it wasn't for <laughs> for the show, you know, I, I don't watch eBay, and then someone has said, "Hey, you may want to look at this." <laughs> I'm like, yeah. "Hey, that's a good idea." I'm sure there's others that may have missed it. So, yeah, oh here yeah, it is. hey, if you ever see auctions that you think are interesting, please uh, send a send me a line or drop me a line because we, yeah. we got to have it on there. Yeah, yeah, contact Steve or 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 us because yeah. I mean, uh, unless it's Chewbacca or, or B-Wing Pilot, we're, we're probably not going to try and snake it from you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's actually funny when, when, when I saw the Tuscan Raiders coming up, I was thinking of our, our joke about uh, you know Tuscany and, and yeah. Tuscan Raiders. It turns out there is a, a parody up there for Under a Tuscan Sun. <laughs> Do you remember that movie, the Diane Lane movie, Under the Tuscan Sun? I've heard of that. I never saw it. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> anyway, so I'll, I'll put up a poster of that because that's uh... – <laughs> That's fairly funny. Uh, it was uh, like a romantic comedy of Diane Lane. 
Oh boy! Well, I guess it Sounds... should be under under the Tuscan Suns, right? Because it's yeah, yeah, under the Suns. That's that's right. Yeah, it's Tatooine. <laughs> wow! So that, so you had four four mock-ups. And what I like crop, is that yeah. you have the the forty-five back proof. Yeah, and that's almost like the control group. Two hundred fifty yeah. bucks. That's what that's yep. worth. And then yep. you have the exact same figure mock-up, nine hundred dollars. Yep. I bet whoever ended with that was pretty psyched. By the time yeah. they saw the end of the other ones. Oh yeah, that definitely. So yeah, it was a it was a blast to to watch it, and I was like, this is the perfect thing to talk about on the on the show because it's just so so rare an opportunity. And Steve did want to talk about it last month, but as I said, I was uh, in a state under of, the gun, under of, the gun, yeah. dress. I was like, I better get going. But yeah, that's great. I mean, that's actual news, Steve. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, it's a little bit of history right there. All right, man. Well, thanks. That's Man, you always knock it out of the park with these. Uh, that's our second baseball metaphor. If, sorry yep. for all you. Uh, we're who, in denial right now. We're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the World yeah. Series is happening, and we could care less. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all, fear the mighty, uh, all fear the mighty coasts. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It was actually funny, though. I had to explain to Matias what fantasy baseball was. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, you get these players. And he's like, yeah, I figured it was like that. All right, Steve. So before getting to feedback, uh, I think it's time we go knock on a knock on a door or, <laughs> or put a brick through a window, Steve. Or maybe a wrecking ball. <laughs> maybe a wrecking ball. We haven't seen good old Joe Iglesias in a while. Uh, it's, I gotta say it's 99.9% my fault. It's just been hard finding time and I always forget to email him. And anyways, it's just been crazy. Um, so let's catch up with him on the Han, the Obi-Wan and even the Stormtrooper bootlegs. All three. All three from the Mos Iglesias collection. Let's give him a call, Steve. All right. Everyone pick up a brick and throw it through Joe's window. It's bootleg time on the Kivecast. So, uh, Kivecast listeners, uh, I s- forgot to hit record when Joe started talking about the Stormtroopers. Uh, but don't worry, you are going to get all that great information, but we're going to go back to the Stormtroopers later. Let us breathe a little bit, because uh, your, your intrepid uh, host and recorder has not been on the ball. <laughs> but uh, for- fortunately, Joe's patient. So what he, what we're going to start with then is the the Obi Wan collection, um, and he has a picture of just one uh, one picture of what must be a near complete collection of Obi Wan bootlegs. Is that right, Joe? Uh, I don't know of any other vintage bootlegs that aren't represented here. Right. All right. Other than maybe some pins and trading cards from uh, you know Greece or Hungary that are out there, but they're you know pretty insignificant. And and definitely the one that that jumps up to my mind, and we talked about this before I <laughs> before I hit record, uh, is the very top. And there's it seems to be a very sophisticated uh, uh, Polish bootleg. And you're saying that it's actually fully articulated. It's fully articulated it's from the Polish original series, and it's fully articulated. It's a very rigid plastic. Okay. Uh, the lightsaber is stationary. It doesn't telescope in any in any way. But it's a pretty uh, well put together figure. And and when was that? When was the sort of the first wave of Polish figures? Do we have any idea of the Those dates? Those are or? definitely the earliest. Um, and from what I've been told, it, you know, that unfortunately there isn't a complete timeline out there. But from what I've been told, those are early eighties. Okay. Like like just when the movie first hit Poland. So. And is there any idea of what the card back would have been for that? Um, those were actually, um, from what I've been told, sold in baggies with a header card. Oh, okay. No baggied examples of any of the five figures from this line have ever shown up. 
Um, and if anyone has one, uh, my email is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It seems like they, they it's pretty accurate in terms of the the original vintage figure. Were the other uh, original uh, Polish figures try? Did they try to be accurate, or did they start um, to get? They were they were reasonably close uh, color wise. The Tuscan Raiders are a little bit more orangey. Okay. Hmm. And there's a couple of variations on the Chewbacca where one's like black and one is his normal color and. There's actually one with a white torso out there that I've seen. Right, wow. All right, so then uh, apparently they just stopped trying in Poland, huh? They just, uh, after that, they just sort of uh, took it oh, easy. Well, the, Lu- the Lux series was pretty nice, but they still weren't, you know, true, true to color in uh, most respects. But Right. So it seems to me that the, the dominant color is green. What do you think's up with that? Maybe they just had more green plastic uh, <laughs> when they were shooting the Obi-Wan. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's plenty of here. That's oh wow. Yeah, lots so, of greens, lots of blues, and and very few tans. It's very interesting. Uh, but I do see there's a, a <laughs> so basically it's all Polish, and then up until you get to the model trim, is that right? That is correct. And then the model trim, uh, of course, is uh, sitting there with his box. And I, and I don't. Next to- I feel like I haven't seen that very often. Is that a, a fairly rare model trim? In good condition, it's tough to come by, but they're they're out there. Right. There are actually a few variations that I would. There are a couple of variations on that that I don't have. Huh. They're just uh, there's bolt and mold variations. It's nothing major, unless you're hunting for more things to collect to keep your collection from slowing down. Right. Of course. Yeah. So it's absolutely necessary for you. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I see you have the the two heritage. Is that what those are? Yep, the... an unpainted and a painted heritage piece. Oh, that's nice having having both because those painted are are tricky. And then oh, fine. And then finally, the last thing I don't. What are those translucent weird? Yeah, things? I've never seen those anything are like those. Those gumball machine figures uh, that have a little sucker thing on the bottom that you can like stick to things. But really? they're huh. actually cast from Kenner figures because the lightsaber has like the extra little tip on it and. Huh. They're oh, really. I, I wish I'd taken closer pictures. I wish I'd used the macro and t- taken better pictures of them because they're really uh, intricately and, and well done. There's a huh. few. There's a few different uh, figures uh, in that line. I believe uh, when I did, when we did Chewie, I showed there were a couple of Chewie ones I showed. And there's a Luke huh. X-wing. Weird. Oh, wow. And That's so they're just basically mini versions of uh, of the Kenner yep. figures turned into. Yep, they're to... not articulated. <laughs> Okay. Right. Wow. wow. Well, that's you're definitely going to want to go home. if you're if you're out and about. You're going to want to go home and and click on to the Givecast to see these pictures because, man, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, well, I, I'm, is it just that humanoids are not that interesting? That must be it, right? Because when we get to Han, I mean, there's more, but compared to stormtroopers, uh, well, it's probably easier to skirt around copyright issues in some countries with uh, just you know robot-y looking characters like. You know, just those stormtrooper robots from Japan. Right. Very easy to get around uh, copyrights or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Human characters are a, little, are a little bit more difficult. Right. Mm. So then, then getting to Han, where do you want to start, Joe? Do you want to start in in Poland, in Brazil, sure, or in let's Hungary? Start, let's start in Poland. Okay. Well, it's I, actually strange. I just realized in my Polish <clears> picture that I did not break out the Polish original uh, figure. Really? Wow. Ooh. Yeah, I feel like a jerk. <laughs> well, hey, nah. at least you didn't uh, not record the first 15 minutes of this conversation. <laughs> well, I got to say, as long as you provide that pink and red one, you know, t- this is uh, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I got to say, Joe, you've really brought it. 
because that's uh, true. <laughs> that that is a aware, breast cancer Polish Han. That is a yes. breast cancer Polish Han. He's beautiful. I mean, seeing these really makes reminds you that it was in the seventies because these guys <laughs> all look like they could be coming right out of a disco. Yeah, the disco Hans are pretty good. Yeah. Now, are these all sort of the same the same era, just different paints? Yep, they're all Polish unarticulated series, and they're just different paint jobs. And I apologize for forgetting to put the uh, Polish original uh, piece in here. That's all right. We we can uh, we can we can add it later, or you know we can. When we're when we're done doing the series, we can do a things that Joe forgot or things he got since the last photo. You know, so. <laughs> that that could that could take an entire podcast in itself. Yeah, it could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it seems like there's a metallic, like there's some metallic paint. Uh, Hans, those are pretty good too. Looks almost like he's wearing uh, I don't know, like Red Hot Chili Pepper pants or something. Yeah. <laughs> No, some of the some of the, some of the paints they use, it's it, you can tell that the people painting them never saw the movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it also, I just noticed that none of these are the the small head Han, right? They're all all the big head Han that they used for these. They probably only had one Han to cast yeah. uh, these from, and that's yeah, it makes sense. Had, so. Right. Yes, big head that'd Han wins. That'd be great <laughs> if they did have both, and that'd be more to hunt for, but. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, let's see. Why don't, why don't we uh, go to go to Hungary? Cause I really that's a that's a that's a beautiful Hungarian carded. It seems like I don't know. It's I mean I know they're all fragile, but that really looks like it. There's no way it could ever stand up. The figure? Yeah, the figure. Yeah, the figure. Uh, he he lives in a very small uh, compartment in one of my uh, wall cases, and he stays stands up pretty well in that. But oh, okay. And, and it looks like I forgot, looks like I forgot to take the gun out of the case because I do have the correct weapon for that Han also. Oh wow! Oh, cool. Whoops, this one. And and is this uh, how does Han fit in the rarity of Hungarian uh, bootlegs? Carded middle of the road. Yeah. It's it's a piece that's out there, but doesn't come. They don't come up often. The ones that come up the most common are obviously the Leia and the Wicket. Right. And then yeah, and then you go into Chewies, which are a little further and. Han is, you know, middle of the road. He's in the, in the, probably in the top, you know, the top five. And then when you get into Vader's and Fett's and Luke's, that's where you start to run into. Right. Start, start to run into serious trouble. Serious trouble and serious money. Yeah. <laughs> there's always the, there's always the Fett factor, which, you know, makes everything double in price. Right, of course. Uh, and this is our, our 21st episode, so we, we make some reference to Fett in this episode, but not much. <laughs> um, and then, and then, moving on to the picture with the model trem. That seems like that's the cleanest model trem box I've ever seen. What's the story with yeah, that? Yeah, it looks pristine. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough, uh, thanks to the help from some friends, uh, i.e., Gonzalo, um, to come across uh, some amazing lots of trends. Um, wow. Gonzalo helped me get a few uh, really nice finds of trends. There was also uh, there were excuse me there were also a couple of sellers in Brazil that when me and uh, John Alvarez were still buying up collections together, sold us stuff, and we were constantly upgrading and just getting the best quality stuff uh, in our collections. But most of my trend boxes are in, you know, pretty clean, as clean condition as I've ever seen them in. Right. Wow. Yeah, and that's a... The mold, the arm seems to be really bent, even more than in the in the Kenner figure. Yeah. <laughs> it might just, might just be the uh, the angle of the photograph or the way the background is uh, pushing the arm up. 
Right, okay. Maybe I'm just trying to read too much into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a really good, you know, it's a really good sculpt. Yeah. And once again, there are a lot of variations on the sculpts and trams, and a lot of variations on the way the arms and legs are bolted in, and all kinds of fun stuff to keep the, the completist going. Right. And then what's the little crazy sprues with mold pieces, or what's uh, what's that? Um, that is a weird little Power of the Force 2 uh, bootleg Han that um, I got years ago, also from Gonzalo, that I thought was really cool. So even though I don't, I tried not to include too much modern stuff, because you know, I could have broken out a whole bunch of really bad, you know, <laughs> generic-carded modern Han right. pieces. But this is just a piece that really stands out amongst the modern stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, it seems neat. All right. Well, anything else you want to add on Obi Wan, or, or is there anything you're looking for for Obi Wan and Han? Um, pretty much just uh, baggy versions of the original series stuff, and more color variations on the uh, Polish unarticulated, and I also need a couple of hair color variations on the Hungarian Han. Oh, but sweet! It's just all in time, and those are <laughs> things. Those are things I'm not going haywire for because they're going to come up. Right. Now, now, what are the hair color variations? Like black, um, brown? Basically black hair and brown hair. I actually have a carded black hair and the loose brown hair, but I still want to have, you know, carded both and loose both. Right. Okay. Well, that's just me. Well, speaking of being a completist, guys, what do you say we go back and revisit Bootleg Stormtroopers? Yes, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> for, the, for the very first time. <laughs> uh, maybe we could be like a quiz. We'll, we'll see what we remember from the first time. Certainly. <laughs> so let's take a look at the uh, at the at the beautiful rows of uh, of figures uh, all put up on shelves. And again, okay. you can you can go to the Kivecast, or we'll do our best to describe these. But so many of these, you just you just you you have to see them in order to believe them. Uh, definitely, the thing that that jumped out to Steve and I was the. Uh, there's these sort of 12-inch, there's three 12-inch stormtroopers on the top row. There's a blue one, a white one, and a green one. What's what's the story with those? Uh, those are Mexican blow-molded pieces. Uh, the green and the blue are both vintage pieces, and the blue one actually has a Superman head. Wow. <laughs> that is really awesome. I mean, is it like, can you, does it look like Christopher Reeve? Yes. Oh, man. Probably taken from the Mego 12-inch Superman, I would imagine. Okay. You gotta love Mexico. And so the bag one things. is a little more modern cast. <laughs> it's uh, based on the same piece. Uh-huh. Maybe a little more buffed up, but it's uh, still a pretty cool piece. Wow. That's beautiful. And then uh, from what you were saying before, you have sort of two uh, paper pieces. You have one that says, Join the Academy, with the Stormtrooper uh, card art image, and another one that says Star Warriors, with drawings of uh, Stormtroopers. What, what's the deal with those? Um, they're both unlicensed uh, paper pieces from the late 70s they're um, the fancy ones an art portfolio and the artist that was doing them uh, was issued a cease and desist so very few of these uh, made their way out now Joe, do you have lucky. a collection of cease and desist letters I wish I would oh man <laughs> I would love that I only have one piece that I know came from the estate of a uh, copyright lawyer right but unfortunately, they weren't willing to dig into his uh, paperwork to find the cease and desist letter that he probably sent to the company that made them. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, and then um, we have sort of these two different Polish uh, Polish carded stormtroopers. Now, last time when we recorded this, I didn't know the difference between the two of them. L let's see if I can remember it here. So okay. a Polish first-gen carded 
is a rectangular card with a starburst Y-wing image. Is that correct? That is correct. And those are rare as stink, right? Um, they're yeah among the rarest uh, pieces on the market. There are twenty in the there are twenty you know carded figures in the first gen series, and I've been collecting them for well over fifteen years, and I only have eleven. Wow. Oh wow. And and you were saying the last time that one went up for auction publicly was it, about four years ago, and that was a Boba Fett, and wow. went for between fifteen hundred and two thousand. I forget the exact amount. I'm sure someone that has it printed out and saved, we'll remember that, but unfortunately I lost all of my uh, auction printouts when my uh, hot water heater went uh, a while ago. So. Oh, no. Oh, man. Wow. You kept your printouts in the hot water heater? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, so then that's the that's the, the super-duper crazy, crazy rare one, and then next to that is the second gen, which is like a square card, slightly smaller than a Meccano, and that is a second gen Stormtrooper from probably like Five six years later, like later in the eighties. Uh, yeah, that's a reasonable uh, a reasonable time frame. But it uses the the tri logo card art, right? With just the single storm. Yes, it does. And that's that card art's the same for the entire series of second gens. Okay, okay. so it really only looks cool for stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> no, it's cool for the figures. It's just that you know they're all stormtroopers. And and then there's a lot of glare on the next two. Uh, Looks like there's a couple carded ones before the Arco. What, what's the? Um, those guys. There's a uh, base fighter piece. It's that green bendy-looking stormtrooper that you occasionally see being sold. Huh. Uh. That's a carded example of that. And next to that is a Mexican uh, carded uh, bootleg stormtrooper on a flash uh, Gordon uh, like card. So it's oh, pretty. Wow. Uh, yeah, because we, we can't really see that in the picture. Maybe you could... Uh, yeah, I apologize yeah. for uh, my bad photography skills. Oh, no. It's just any photo is great, but uh, I definitely want to see that Flash Gordon. Oh, that's cool. awesome. And then, uh, let's see, it looks like down there you have a whole series of uh, of the robots. Yep, the and Japanese uh, Stormtrooper robots. A nice way to get away around copyrights. Right. <laughs> Pop a Stormtrooper head onto a robot and you're good to go. Now, uh, do you have a lot of them that you didn't put up there? Like a lot of more like modern robots too? Uh, nope. I have a couple more. There's a few more R2 robots out there, but right. any more Stormtrooper ones would have, would have been in the picture. Oh, well, I think I might have one, Joe. So, uh, okay. I, I got one when I was in Korea. I figured you probably had it. I got like four of them. I gave one to Don, but uh, if I find it, it's yours. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks, man. But, you know, it's a, it's a little little modern guy. Um Awesome. Well, cool. Then I think that was uh, was that about it, Steve? That we said on the on the on the first picture. I think so. It was just we. Oh, yeah. Say we're talking about the Galaxy Cops. Uh, those are you were saying those are new, a little bit newer, right, Joe? Yeah, those are modern, but they're among the earlier um, of the modern uh, bootlegs. So. Okay. Yeah, and just Galaxy Galaxy Cop. Really. <laughs> I mean, it's you just that just says it all. He is the Galaxy Cop. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then uh, let's see. Why don't we move on to the uh, the the loose bootleg stormies? Certainly. And uh, you know what this is like? It's kind of like a, a Whitman sampler, you know. And uh, <laughs> and the, the first time that we went through this, I was I was told what each of them are, and I got to see if I can remember them, so I don't I don't bite into the one with the nasty cherry flavor. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see. I think the, the one that that really drew my attention uh, is the is the one with the. So there's, if you if you look if you can't see the picture, basically there's about uh, eight up top, which are uh, 
Joe, you were saying they're all Mexican, right? Yep, they're all from Mexico. All from Mexico. And they seem to have the best colors over there. Because you, you have a couple translucent ones. They're like translucent blue ones. Uh, one that's silver? Yep, it's made of uh, 99% pure stone silver. Wow. And oh, that, wow. Was that made for kids, do you think? I have no idea whether it was made by some kid's father. He took a stone cream and cast it for him. <laughs> but when I bought it, I wasn't sure if it was just pot metal or if it was really silver like the person selling it to me said. But I actually had it checked, and it's, you know, it's definitely silver. Oh, wow. That's cool. beautiful. And then, uh, and then there's the what, I, what I've called the Franken Trooper. So it's a stormtrooper uh, uh, with the, the big hybrid s- with the uh, screw in his chest. Yes, yeah, so it's got a big <laughs> screw in his chest. And what what makes him a, a hybrid? Which actually Frankenstein is a hybrid. So it really is a Franken Trooper. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what it is a lily lady uh, body and torso? You know, head and torso, uh-huh. which is the same thing on a Star Trooper anyway. But uh, right. <laughs> with with bootleg uh, limbs. Wow. And instead of glue, I guess they must have run out of glue that afternoon, and they decided to bolt them together. <laughs> uh, it's great. Are, are there a fair number of those out there? I've only ever seen that one, and that huh. can't, I bought that at a convention in Mexico years ago when I was going on a a bootleg binge. Right, w- way back then when you used to do that. <laughs> yeah, like I don't do that at all ever now. Never, never anymore. <laughs> But yeah, it, no. It, I, I was. I guess I was even annoying John at that convention because I was just going in full, into full, just like grab everything mode. Oh right. So uh, I, I guess I was being uh, a bit much with my uh, my hunting that weekend. All right. <laughs> Maybe we'll get him on uh, sometime to, to tell the other side of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, so moving moving south of Mexico uh, is, of course, Brazil, right? My, my yeah, geography right. checks out, right, right Steve? <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. sounds about right, Sky. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that looks like a really a really nice uh, nice uh, lead. Um, yeah, it's a nice uh, clean, nice clean. Never doesn't seem to ever been played with. No chips in it, so I was pretty happy. And then next to that is the is the two uzes. And I didn't know that there were. Uh, that there was a, a variation in the Uze. So what is the variation between the two Uze stormtroopers? Uh, the paint decos are okay. different. There's uh, one of the two, you know, the hollow armband or the, the solid armbands. Okay. So and then of course the, there's paint, different paint decos on the legs. And then, is, and then the, the one with the solid armband is less or more rare? Um, that's the more common of the two. Okay. Okay. All right, and then the one on the okay. So if you if you see the two, that's got more. All right. All right, and then uh, let's see. Wait, you were saying something else too. What was that about? Uh, I was talking about how uh, carded there hasn't been a legitimate um, hollow. You know, the two, with the two stripes. Right. It hasn't been a legitimate uh, carded striped uh, armband uh, stormtrooper found. Okay. okay. So you're looking for the two stripe stormtrooper. Carded. Yep. Carded. All right, because carded. actually the 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 standard one is one of the more common uses, right? The storm, the asker. Yep, it's it's yeah. one of the yeah, it's 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 on the it's not as common as the Chewbacca, but it's 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 easy to come by generally. It's right. quite, well, not that carded uses are easy to come by, but right. <laughs> even relatively even speaking, easiest, yeah, right. <laughs> even the easiest to come by are not very easy to come by. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then you got a whole bunch of are those all silver Polish underneath that? Yep. Yeah, underneath that, the next row and a half is all Polish unarticulated. Um, there's two different sculpts. 
Huh. There's one that's based more on the Kenner figure, uh-huh. and then there's a second sculpt, which seems to be based maybe a little bit more on the Disney figure. Ah, uh, oh. see, I was wondering about that. It's, it seemed like some of them kind of reminded me of those Disney figures, so, okay. Now, the, so the Disney figure, those came out, the, those were affiliated with Star Tours, right? And those came out in the early 90s, is that right? Do we, did you guys know? I remember I getting them in the early '90s. Yeah, I, I remember going to, to Disney World and getting those when you couldn't get vintage Star Wars. Right. <laughs> I was but like, they come I out, get... but they may have come out um, from Comic Spain first right. overseas. Right. Right. Okay. Because it's the same sculpt as the Comic Spain yeah. figures. Right. Okay, but right. isn't the gun molded into the hand? Uh, he um, doesn't the, have a gun, right? And for the Disney figure, he just he just the kind Disney of Disney one has the hand, has the gun in his hand. I don't know if the Star Tours one. I mean, not, I mean, these Comic Spain one does. Okay. Okay. Huh. Uh, sometimes there's even more questions than answers. <laughs> yep. That's the love. That's that's what keeps bootlegs interesting. That's right. Yeah. And then you got the the poker cape stormtrooper. That's that's pretty nice too. It looks like it's pretty gnarly and yellow. Is that is that its color or is it just faded or just? Oh, discolored? that's just its color. Yeah. I'm afraid to check my my chewy. And then you have a, a, a couple uh, super deformed Japanese kind of modern ones, and, and we were talking before that this really looks like a Snoopy Trooper. <laughs> and uh, I I think if there's someone out there, I don't know if it's been done before, but we definitely need some uh, a Snoopy Trooper made in in uh, Photoshop or something because they're so similar, they're so cool. You know, they don't say anything. They're cool. They're black and white. Um, yep, no, that's uh, it'd be perfect for it. I think someone will. I think that'll be photoshopped within two days of this thing coming online. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that, that's the hope. And is that like a, a spring or two? Um, a spring stormtrooper? Yep, it's on. It's like one of those little springs that can press and then it bounces up. Oh, that's fun. I got a whole li- a whole line of uh, those at the house. Oh wow! Oh, and great. the one the one next to him, furthest in the corner, is basically the same thing without the spring. Oh, okay. Same exact figure. The the, the springy yeah. Snoopy trooper. <laughs> And then uh, we'll we'll start where uh, we'll start where we began here with the last photo. Uh, just four very mysterious stormtroopers. Actually, five very mysterious stormtroopers. Uh, there's one on the far left that has like this crazy wasp waist. It looks like a character yeah. <laughs> from uh, Killer Instinct, that old video game. Uh, what's yep. the, what's the story with him, Joe? Um, well, the one first to the left is a Mexican piece. It's uh, Power of the Force Two. It's yeah, pretty modern, but it's. Yeah, it's a pretty neat looking piece. It's static, no articulation at all. Uh-huh. Then the one next to it that has uh, like Major Ma- Matt Mason body uh, to it is uh, <laughs> actually a pretty uh, good vintage piece. Okay. Oh, that's vintage, huh? Yep, that is vintage. Yeah, it looks like he has like a one of those like scuba uh, spear guns. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah, look up the Matt Mason figures, and it's a very similar body style to those. Oh. And and then and the little the little doughboys those are definitely little doughboys those are Dutch, okay, and so those were given away at carnivals is that right? Um, that's one thing that's been uh, mentioned as far as how they were distributed, but they're probably among the earliest uh, non-U.S. bootlegs out there. Those are showing oh. up seventy eight seventy nine. Wow, yeah, those are beautiful. And then mm. the very last one is is this... a little stormtrooper uh, flashlight. Wow, little pen light. That's all. You know, this actually ties in really well, Joe, because we've been talking all about the Give a Show projector to the, uh, this month. So, uh, you know, that's basically just a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, that's awesome. It says that. Uh, where, where, where did the uh, flashlight come from? I believe it's Japanese. 
Okay. It wow. kind of looks like those robots, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's from. It's got a similar face. Ah, that's awesome. Very cool. Wow, man. Lots of good, lots of good stuff. Lots of fun uh, bootlegs to collect. Uh, now all the stormtrooper focus people are going to have uh, their checklists uh, out, and they're going to be scouring eBay for all the goodies. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, you know, we, we we do appreciate it, Joe, because I know sometimes it may make it harder for you to to. This is to find what you're looking for. Yeah, to find what you're looking for. I don't know. Maybe you get bugged more, but whatever it is, it's definitely a, a great service. Because I know, I mean, people. Uh, no, yeah, with, ed- some... with, ed- with, with educating people definitely comes uh, more competition. I've uh, found that out the hard way more than once, and but it right. is, you know, right. it's so fun to have people to talk to about it that actually get what you're talking about and don't look at you like you have three heads because you collect bootlegs. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> It has its pros and cons. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there who consider this to be the bootleg cast that every once in a while has Sky and Steve on it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. They'll, they'll, they'll be happy this month. Yeah, definitely. Uh, awesome. Well, what is it again next month, Steve? It's the Jawa? Uh, Jawa's next month. Yeah. So. Um, there's not a single solitary vintage bootleg Jawa. Are you oh serious? Wow. I'm serious. Wow. Well, what do you say we, we, we record next month right now? You ready? Hey, Joe, how's yep. it going? How, how are the Java bootlegs? Hi, Sky. Hi, Steve. There are no Java bootlegs. Oh, my God. You will have none. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, and you, you, you probably use the soundbite from uh, K-Shack. You'll have nothing in like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Oh, man. But, yeah, the only the only thing close to a vintage Java bootleg is uh, that uh, fake Billiken thing that uh, Pablo made. Oh, right. Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> nope. That's right out. <laughs> That's right out. Well, maybe we'll discuss that the month after. I forget what's after that, but uh, do uh, the month after next, then. <laughs> Excellent. You guys have a All great right. night, and once again, thank you for having me. All right. Bye, Joe. Right. See you, Joe. Wampa wampa. Wampa Bye. wampa. Okay, so feedback, right? All right, so feedback. Oh, man. So, Steve, are you going to have any uh, California meetings coming up, speaking of inclusion? Yes. I'm uh, trying to get one figured out for, for early next year. Awesome. Uh, All right, well, yeah. we'll, well, we'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, it's going to have to be pushed a little bit because school is just kicking my butt right now, and um, I, I'd like to try and host it. So Awesome. Uh, yeah, so we're we're working that up, but it's getting there. A trip to the silent but domicile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the first bit of feedback isn't really a bit of feedback, but I want feedback. Uh, this is my big question, Steve. Yeah. Should we change the name of the Kivecast? Now I was going to ask you where did this thought come from. I'm, I'm curious. My problem is. It doesn't say what it is. You know, mm. Kivecast doesn't say Vintage Star Wars Figure Podcast. Right, but it's, it's kind of like the shorthand form It's of the it. shorthand form, but the problem is, unfortunately, the SWCA podcast doesn't help either. <laughs> no, you got to spell it out. <laughs> and even the Star Wars Collector's Archive it isn't, unless you know what the archive is, isn't yeah. specific enough. Yeah. So I was thinking about changing it to, you know, Vintage Star Wars Podcast. I mean, something – or Vintage Cast. That that was the, the name of the pilot um, yeah, of this show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, is, would, that, would that create uh, anarchy among the space freaks? I, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It just depends. Is, is it too so. late? Is the horse out of the barn? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's tough. Because um, the, the, the pins that we have don't actually say Kivecast. I mean, should it be the Wampa Wampa cast? I mean, that's... <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll put that put it out there and see what people think. Cause uh, I don't know, it's that's tough. Yeah. So I mean, I mean so, so, so what, what do you guys think? Do you think we should maybe make it more specific? Cause you know we do. I don't know how many listeners we have anymore. I forget how many we had last time we asked Lobart. Um, but it it would be good to 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 have, make sure that people know if they're looking for Star Wars vintage that this is what they find. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do like the Kive cast. I do think it sounds cool, and and it 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 pays homage to the archive, which is yeah what what birthed this whole thing in the first place. Yeah. So, I guess I wonder. I got a question. I wonder if there's a way, as far as like tagging it, and as far as subjects go. Um, I don't know if there's a a keyword searching thing that we could attach it to. I don't. I don't I'm, I've known nothing about these things, but it's just. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, I I do love the name the way it is. Yeah. I, I gotta, it's a really it fits because it's it's kind of a niche thing, but at the same time right. you're totally right. Where someone that doesn't know what the archive is would be like, well, what what is a chive? Is this for chives? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes, it is for chives. Chives, <laughs> green onions, other chives. Yes. <laughs> hey, are chives and green onions the same thing? By the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's a different form, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, feedback. Uh, definitely my favorite piece of feedback is, is another classique from Jared. Uh, oh, his, oh, oh, yeah. So we're, we're really trying to get this thing off the ground, that Celebration 6 is the 30th anniversary of the Forlom mail-away. Um, and he he just did a whipped up a little design for Celebration 6 with, with Forlom. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to be used for anything or I, – I, I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I know we're going to do something in, in this vein. <laughs> I don't know if this is quite it, but it is awesome. Oh, I, I, so... I immediately changed it to my avatar and, <laughs> uh, and it was really cool. I got to I got to really talk more to Jared uh, at, at – uh, That's right. He, he's, uh, he's from out that way. That's, that's cool. Well, New Hampshire is New York City. Yeah, he's from out that way. Well, you know, yeah. well, it's out that way compared to where I am. Yeah, so. <laughs> in, in, in the same way that you're roughly from Seattle. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was cool to get to kind of talk to him more and and talk to his fiance, who who you heard from in the uh, in the little talk there from the restaurant. Um, he may eventually need need his own nickname too, but uh, we'll we'll have to see. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, let's let's keep on let's stay on target there, Space Freaks. Let's figure out how to get this forlom thing off the ground. Uh, and also, as promised from last month, I believe, or you mentioned in the responses that we did get a call from Beanie from Chris. Yes, yes, on, on the Vader phone. So uh, we will stop now and hear the call from the Vader phone. Hey, this is Chris uh, Beanie from the Farms. Uh, calling you guys from the Darth Vader speakerphone like it was supposed to, and uh, had a few things come up, so I apologize for that. Uh, I've been using this for about two years now. It works very good. The only thing is when you dial on the speakerphone, you get that pulse tone, so it's the equivalent of basically dialing on a rotary phone. Uh, I just want to say you guys do a great job. I really enjoy all parts of the show, especially the unloved items. I remember loving as a kid so much, and I like that segment a lot. Uh, I do like the sound bites and the drop-ins, especially Mr. P, so 
I'd love to hear a few of those from time to time. You trademark is stupidity. But I want to say you guys do a great job. Love the show. Keep up the good work. And uh, looking forward to the next episode. Thank you. Take care. So once again, Steve, we got Vintage in action. Yes. But, uh, I was so, so excited when he when he said he actually had one that worked. So yeah, cause, uh, thanks thanks for calling, man. That's great. Because that's what we're all about on the Kivecast. You know, using the Give a Show projector. Oh, another idea that that uh, that Ron actually had um, was to get a, uh, a vintage bop bag. Ooh, and have that. Could that. Be good. And let people get some aggression out. Um, <laughs> I was thinking we could charge people like thirty five. Like Carnival style, like yeah, like like thirty five <laughs> cents to hit to hit the Jawa bot bag, you know? Because um, I would pay thirty five cents to hit a Jawa bot bag, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let's see from the from the Rebel Scum thread. We had a pretty good uh, pretty good comment from Scott Bradley. Oh man, who's just great? A- another dude who probably deserves his own his own nickname. <laughs> Were there any Canadian actors in Star Wars? Canadian actors. That's a good question. Um, Mark Hamill seems Canadian, and I don't know if that's an insult to Canada or to Mark Hamill, but he does seem Canadian, doesn't he? I, I can see it a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. I'm going to get in trouble. With, with their, oh, no. With my, my neighbor's 20 minutes to the north. Yeah, um, you're a little too close to the Canadian border to be talking like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, I didn't actually say anything insulting yet. Um, no. But he pointed out that the Obi-Wan that we featured, um, the one Obi-Wan item we mentioned last month, uh, was from the uh, – was the the cloth sample was also used in the 1979 Irwin uh, toy trade catalog. Right, right. It was and, uh... – <laughs> and, and for my money, that – you know, every month there's something that makes this this – podcast worth the extra effort you know yeah i mean it's always great talking to you i mean honestly i I enjoy talking to you and doing all this stuff and doing all the prep but there's these little things that that give me the extra energy and just yeah (laughs) i never would have thought about the Irwin toy catalog from 1979 i never would have thought to put those two things together but but it's cool you know this little bit of history yeah what was the figure that it was used from it was uh oh it was the it was a different actual doll that they kind of made a oh. fake beard for, and they they used the the friar robe. What was the doll? It was a it's a Frank Hardy doll, <laughs> aka Kenny Rogers, <laughs> right? But the Frank Hardy dolls, the like the eyebrows are painted in, and then uh, I forget who it was that that mentioned that it was like he looked like Kenny Rogers. I think um, it was uh, that was Trevor Trevor, Trevor from, yeah. from Oakland, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out there's a website called uh, You Look Like Kenny Rogers or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it is very, very funny. Um, <sighs> yeah, so it, the little bit that we did give to, uh, to to Obi-Wan turned out in our favor. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also – I got a kick out of Tommy's email. Yes. Or his, his post. So, yeah. Yeah, he says – does anyone else suddenly feel the need to answer the lightning round questions in their heads now that they've been retired from the show? Like one last chance. <laughs> so, so Tommy does it. Uh, do you, how, how does he rank the movie, Steve? All right. So he goes: Empire, Jedi, A New Hope, uh, Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace. So, but when I was talking to Chris about the the failure of this system, yeah. You're saying part of the problem is that vintage collectors just all want to say there's only three movies. So, 
<laughs> and then uh, when when asked what figure he would be, he said that he would be the vehicle maintenance energizer. Has a ton of junk, most of it useless, but someone might want it one day. He's prepared for anything, the toy equivalent of a hoarder. It's completely useless 99.99% of the time and blends into the background. But every now and then, your vehicle is going to need energizing. And who are you going to call? Now it's VME's time to shine, baby. <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's up there with, uh, with with some of the great answers to that question. Yes, definitely. And I, I'm sorry, we got to keep that question alive. That question's too good. <laughs> um, and uh, then, house uh, on fire. Yeah, uh, what did you say for that, Steve? Yeah, the Ewok fire card. Obviously, someone's got to save the rest of the collection. Who better than Endor's bravest? <laughs> I, uh, uh, I forgot about the Ewok fire card. Oh, that's yeah. great. Uh, I, I'll, I'll drop his saddest moment in the Star Wars saga because that actually wasn't one of ours. Uh, that that was one from uh, from the Force cast. Okay. Yeah. But uh, okay, fine, Steve. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> all right. So he's talking about all right moment at the start of Episode One where Obi Wan says that something is elusive. And I was sitting in the theater and thinking, nope, this movie's just not going to be any good. Chokes me up every time. <laughs> I love that. The that's, idea. that's the vintage coming out in Tommy right there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's again the inclusive and exclusive. Uh, often, if you if you start up in the hobby and you like the the prequels, you think there's no way you're ever going to make it in the upper echelons of vintage collectors. But you just got to be persistent and uh, have an <laughs> f off attitude about it. Yes. <laughs> because as you heard in my uh, interviews, I like Dexter Jetster, man. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. Nothing wrong with that, man. No, nothing it's wrong okay. with it. It's okay. Yeah. So we're um, so the the list of our our Twitter feed. Okay. Yeah. So, you're you're the Twitter man. I gotta I, I gotta I, get the update on this. I'm the Twitter man. So you know we're uh, at Kivecast C H I V E C A S T, and um, I was looking actually at you know there's the 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 trade magazine um you know Twit Week. And uh, I was looking it up, and we're fast rising. So are we? Um, yeah, you know, there's. I think Kutcher gets you know a thousand new ones a week. Kardashian gets three thousand new a week, and we have nine. Awesome. So, <laughs> not thousand, just nine. We have we have uh, nine. We have nine Twitter followers. Um, I've sent out <laughs> one tweet so far. Uh, so I think uh, whoever it was that emailed us saying that they'd handle our Twitter account. <laughs> I'll give you the keys to the kingdom because I, I don't I, I don't know how to twit. Um, <laughs> and Steve doesn't either. No, I don't. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, not not too many emails. Send in your emails, kivecast at gmail dot com. You know, let let us know. Uh, you know, what are your opinions on video games? What are your opinions on comic art? What are your opinions? If you just want to send another thing about AFA, say, hey, you guys are bashing AFA, or if you guys want to send in and say, don't change the name of the Kivecast, keep it the Kivecast, or, you know, change it to the Joguli cast, or, hey, that's pretty good. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, the Joguli cast. <laughs> I guess he'd actually have to host it in order to... For us to change yeah, you may you may have just given him a, a good idea. Yeah, he'll start a. Come a, on, Chris! Come on, Chris! You gotta. He'll start a, a competing podcast. Yeah. And then we'll write him emails telling him to just change everything he does. No. Um, <laughs> so you know, send us emails, kivecast at gmail dot com. 
Mm. Um, one email that we did get was uh, was from Tim, and uh, he's saying he really enjoyed the twentieth episode, and he uh, he's, he's been a, a pretty good, pretty good, consistent person um, emailing us. And he was the guy I was thinking of who was talking about how much he likes the video games, and he makes yeah. reference to a Martin Thurn. Um, in the the uh, Star Wars uh, Collector, the magazine we referenced last month, right? Um, so maybe we'll have him on at some point to talk about about vintage Star Wars collecting. Yeah, that'd be great. And what I love is in his PS. This is what, I, what why I sent it to you, Steve. Um, and uh, you know, sort of suggested taking the dive into the 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 expensive area of the hobby. Yeah, yeah. And so he said that he's at his halfway point of collecting the first 12 figures mint on card. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, he's buying them AFA graded, which, hey, go ahead. And uh, he needs the Death, Death Squad Commander, Jawa, Sand People, Stormtrooper, 3PO, and Obi-Wan. Yeah, so it looks like you got a lot of the tougher ones out of the way. So yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah, so that's that, that's kind of fun to to know that one of the early episodes, you know, we, we helped encourage someone to get, get deeper into the vintage world, and he's he's plugging along. Good deal. Well, good going, Tim. Yeah. And uh, I th- any other sort of feedback or new stuff that, um, that you want to get into, Steve, before? I think, uh, I, think, uh, I think that should about do it. Uh, the Facebook thing seems like it's going okay. Oh, yeah. How, um, how many uh, like? How many likes? We have 141. Yeah, we do. You know, and they actually they got rid of the active users thing, and now we just have three people talking about this. Whatever that means. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I don't know. You can't even, uh, you know, like with the like this, it's actually a link you can click on. You can see who it is, and then right under that it says three are talking about this, and it leaves you nowhere to go. <laughs> I don't know what that means, huh. but uh, interesting. Oh yeah, you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. three are talking about this. <laughs> Yeah, what does that cool. mean? <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty good. And Steve, you've been doing some great stuff over there with your. Uh, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you you don't hype it at all, but you have the you have all of the nuggets all sort of in their own photo page and. Yeah, it's kind of a, a supplement to uh to the main the main page. So. Yeah, yeah, it's well, it's it looks looks like it's going pretty well, um, and you you definitely update that more than I update the Twitter. <laughs> So it's about that time, Steve, to move into cricket talk. Oh, see, I, I figured you already had the scores up. And I do. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> I do. Uh, so this is a, a pretty a pretty critical match. Um, it's Abadabad versus. Where is that? <laughs> uh, dude, I, I think we invaded Abadabad, didn't we? I I don't know. I'm pretty sure we probably have listeners in Abadabad. <laughs> right now. You know what? That sounds like. Admiral Akbar's home planet. <laughs> or what it would be. Uh, I, I no, don't it's know. Like, it's like Abbott Abad. It's like Abadabad. I, I swear we had a. I, I think maybe like. Isn't that where Bin Laden was? Maybe. Is is it? Is it now that, now that I'm pretty sure it's in Pakistan. Okay. This isn't the geography. No, no. <laughs> yes, it is in Pakistan. Okay. Way to go, hey. Sky. You had it. You had it. Uh, yeah, so it's Abbottabad versus the National Bank of Pakistan. The bank. Which is my favorite name of a sports team ever. <laughs> National <laughs> okay, Bank you know, of Pakistan. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you side with them because that, that is a pretty cool name for a, for a sports team. Now, that being said, I do actually like one Japanese baseball team more, the Nippon Ham Fighters. 
Uh, <laughs> well, you see, in in Japan, you can like buy the sponsorship, and so it's Nippon Ham, which just means like Japanese oh, ham. Oh, okay. All and right, the name of right. the team is the Fighters. But okay. When you read it, it's the Nippon it Ham says, Fighters. <laughs> oh, good. See, I thought like Hiroshima Carp was kind of an obscure <laughs> baseball yeah. team name, but that that takes the cake. But no, the Nippon Ham Fighters. But it's not as good as the National Bank of Pakistan, which is now my favorite <laughs> my favorite uh, cricket team. Uh, oh, and they I, had a match. I can, that, see that, I can see that influencing your next uh, baseball team name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that lasted from October 18th to the 20th of 2011. <laughs> and guess who won, Steve? Who? The National Bank oh, won see. by eight wickets. Wow. Close. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of Warwick Davises. <laughs> So that's uh, that's our, our cricket news for the month. All right. Apologies go to whoever pleases. <laughs> oh, man. Well, great. Uh, who do we have on tap for uh, next month, Steve? We're going to have a Jawa Thanksgiving, I think. A Jawa Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. It's it's mm. Halloween. You know, I, I have this tradition where I, I give away uh, vintage Chewbacca's to anyone who comes by the house dressed up in a, uh, in a Star Wars costume. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so so you're, you're kind of using the uh, the old Chewbacca army for that? Yeah, yeah, I use my Chewbacca army. That's how, like, nice. my army's just been depleting um, <laughs> quite quite terribly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I figured I got to get one Halloween known into before we go. Uh, this kind of goes in with Ben. We'll get him a little more uh, attention. But one of the very first things I got for that wasn't toy-related for Kenobi was this Halloween greeting card that had a creepy depiction of Obi-Wan Kenobi on the front. It's this creepy old man-looking thing. <laughs> and I think it said... Want it wasn't some candy? <laughs> nothing that bad. It I've was, got candy in the van. <laughs> it was an odd alteration of May the Force Be With You. I don't think it was Let the Force Be With You, but it was, it was something that just wasn't right. And it literally had nothing to do with Halloween except they had pumpkins on the front of the card. I'll have to, to dig that up and, and post it at some point. But uh Wow. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. that's great. Oh yeah, you know, I guess I mean because we're recording so in the middle of the month, I'm not even thinking about Halloween. Maybe, maybe yeah. next year we'll do a big a big special on uh, a big special on Halloween. Yeah, it'd be cool to do like vintage costumes or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve, Anyhow, at the very we, end. Yeah, you guys will have to wait for episode thirty-three. Yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, that's cool. All right, Steve. Well, time to get to bed. Got to teach at 6 a.m. Fun times. Yeah, yeah, fun times. All right, everybody. Wampa Wampa. Adios and happy Halloween. This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars all names and sounds of Star Wars characters and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise indicated.